ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. We are St. Louis, the home of the Blues. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Everybody's digging on the St. Louis. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 47 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We're broadcasting live on Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. This is franchise episode number 180 all-time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder, and we'll be with you for the next little while talking St. Louis Blues playoff hockey and their second-round victory over the Dallas Stars, which culminated in a thrilling double overtime Game 7 winner from Patrick, Patrick Maroon last night. To interact with the show on social media, follow the show on Twitter. At LGB Radio is the show's account. Mine is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. Jeff's is at jponder 94 also, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and the website is letsgoblues.com. Uh, real quick, uh, podcasting, hosting issue, uh, junk jargon here. We switched over, and uh, apparently some of the, uh, the iTunes is being a bitch, um, and uh, the, the, the feed is not updating properly on iTunes, so... We're waiting for that to happen, but uh, so if you if you're an iTunes or a user or a Google or an Apple Podcast listener, uh, if the latest show isn't showing up for you, uh, you know, check out uh, Spotify or Google Podcasts or a number of other apps. But uh, hopefully, it gets fixed soon. It's ridiculous. It's apparently it's a known issue with iTunes. I, iTunes is a piece of shit. I hate iTunes so much. I'm not an Apple user. I don't use it all the time, but when I do use it, it's awful. I hate it. Um, do you think possibly it's Something that they said, all the voices in their head. <laughs> is, is that what's causing the problem here, Gloria? I think Gloria's causing the problem. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, man. I, I, well, Me and you, back when we first started getting the show up in 2011, that's right, folks, 2011, the original St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, uh, we, uh, we used to have so many issues with iTunes. It's... For those that have never podcasted or don't know anybody who podcasts, um, getting it on any other feed is just like, here, submit your RSS feed. Boom, you're done. iTunes, it's like having to climb Mount Everest. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. and then so when they have an issue like this, it's just so infuriating because you're like, okay, uh, I don't know what to do because I don't want to spend three hours trying to figure out how iTunes works. It, it, it's a piece of shit. Um, the whole platform uh, for podcasting is awful. Uh, as far as, I mean, getting on there, it, once you get on there, it's, it's fine. 
But man, if you got to change something or you want something updated, forget about it. It takes it's it's you got to jump through fourteen hoops and you got to wait forever and it doesn't update properly or if ever. It's so uh, just anyway stupid. Um, and I've even ha- I contacted uh, our uh, one of a podcast hosts and they're like, yeah, that's coming to an issue with uh, with iTunes and and uh, so whatever. Fuck off, Apple. Uh, <laughs> guys. We're going to the conference finals. How's it feel? I'll I'll be that bad uh, the bad uh, uh, interviewer after uh, players after a game. So how's it feel to score a big goal in a big game? What's what's going through your mind right now? So you're going to be a bad interviewer. So you're just going to be yourself. Well, if uh, man, that came out of nowhere. This is like a happy show, and Ooh. you're like just throwing insults for no reason. Ooh, um, ooh, burn! Wow. I, psh, you know, if you're gonna be a dick, uh, then we can just move on to the uh, official beers episode. Well, Bill, Bill how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to unmute himself. He's got dog issues. He's still muted. No, I will. I say do. That. I do have dog issues, goes. and yeah, uh, I feel great. Um, to answer your question, um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's so completely unexpected. Uh, to be going back to the conference finals after three years instead of fifteen. I know. Yes. That was the that was the pattern, right? We yeah, go that, that, and then fifteen years. It. Yeah, every fifteen years we go. It was a pattern for a couple of years for a couple yeah. times. But yeah, uh, f that noise. Yeah, eighty six, two thousand one, and two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Yep. That's. I mean, I'll admit when two thousand sixteen when they went, I thought I seriously thought, oh, all right, well, if they don't make it past this. I'm going to be in my 40s the next time they uh, they go to, <laughs> and I was just oh my god when they lost I'm like come on please prove me wrong and uh, whoo yeah that was uh, man I mean we'll talk about it here in a bit but I was on cloud nine last night oh uh, my lord yeah it was that that was the the most insane feeling that I have had. Um, you know, I, I think it, it, it eclipsed, uh, when we beat Chicago, uh, a couple years back. Ooh, you, you like uh, this one better, huh? Yeah. I, it just, because it was just so unexpected. And I think because it got dragged out into two overtimes in a game that we completely dominated. Yeah. That was scary. <laughs> that was scary. I was scared. To, I was scared to death. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's face it too. I mean, I've said this a million times since, you know, uh, like March, there's just something different about this team. Um, 2016 team, I was okay, maybe they might, you know, but I never really believed. I just like, well, they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna go all the way. I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's the run they've had since January, but I believe in this team finally. And uh, seeing them win last night, it just it brought this. I hate to say it, uh, fanboy out of me that that's been buried inside of me uh, since uh, 2001, which was the last time I really believed they could win the cup. Uh, before we get too far into this, uh, what are you guys drinking this evening? Your beers. So I am going with uh, Wood Aged Bitches Brew by <laughs> Dogfish Head Brewery. Um, Another so Dogfish Bitch- Head Brewery. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, they. Uh, I found uh, quite the collection of individual bottles uh, recently at uh, Friar Talk and decided to 
uh, try a bunch of them. So this is the last one I have. Uh, it is a an imperial stout brewed with honey, mm. which is just a little different, interesting twist. Nine percent alcohol by volume, and of course, Bitches Brew is the uh, seminal fusion jazz rock album by the legendary local pers- local jazz artist Miles Davis. So. It's uh, it is a I've really good it. beer. I really enjoy it, and the album is uh, quite uh, quite trippy. Um, I felt you know this is uh, very uh, very apropos for this crazy ass ride we're going on. <laughs> yeah. I've I've got to uh, put a millennial spin on this. So when you say Miles Davis, the first thing that comes to mind is if peeing your pants is cool, you can call me Miles Davis. <laughs> uh, that's the grossest thing i've ever heard let's go <laughs> what do you got jeff what are you drinking uh well i've my alcoholic drink i'm actually uh i'm pairing it with something which we'll get to in a minute wow, uh, some, all fancy noise it's not really a actual pair so you, you'll probably laugh when i tell you but no. uh, you have to have a pair uh, you have to the, have a pair same. to be able to pair the <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, uh, tonight I'm going with, uh, the same one I had last week, the Schlafly Pale Ale. Um, basically I got these on special a couple weeks ago and I've got a ton of them. So I am, uh, continuing to work through my Schlafly Pale Ale. And, uh, of course I say that, oh, uh, that's the only reason is, you know, he's got a bunch. It's a good damn beer. That's why I have so many. So that's why I'm drinking it again. Uh, not- but what, what's that? I was going to say, it's not as if you have a bunch of McUltras. No. <laughs> um, I not, do. I, man, uh, quick story. Uh, someone who listens to the show, a uh, friend of ours uh, that plays in our tournaments with us, Mr. Greg Hotard, um, he, uh, we, had a, uh, we have a little Christmas Eve Eve skate that my friends and I do every year, a bunch of people that I play with now and then people who don't only play once a year that uh, maybe I went to high school with and all that. We get together at a rink and we just, you know, skate and have a good time. And we usually have a bunch of beer with us. So my buddy was like, he gets out of my car, Greg. And he's like, Hey man, just take all this beer. Okay, sure. I I didn't realize it was Mick ultra and which is fine. I mean, Hey, thanks buddy. So I had a bunch of free beer, but it was like, "Eh, I guess the wife will drink this. There, there are worse, there are worse things, much worse things than McUltra. It could have been Bush. That's true. Yeah. Great point. I, I did, uh, I did have a uh, McUltra while golfing today. I don't mind McUltra. McUltra's fine. Yeah, no. I, it's when, a, when doing active things act, after a run, like after a race, when they give them away, that's that's awesome. Oh I yeah. Really enjoy that. Oh, at, at an event where they're giving beer away, and it's free, like a, like a, a, a golf tournament or something, and say, oh, it's McUltra. That's fine. I'll take that. That's good. That works for me. I mean, it's better than you know a lot of other options that could have been there. It's right. a it's a decent beer to to drink on a warmer day too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's light. It's smooth. It's just not my favorite. And it's not one that I'll pay for. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> uh, my beer tonight. This is a special beer. I, I uh, Saint Nicholas Brewery, Saint Saint Nicholas Brewing Company, uh, out of DeCoin, Illinois. They hooked us up. With uh, and you guys would have had some, but uh, you guys didn't make it out tonight. So, but uh, next time you guys are in the studio, maybe next week, we'll see. Uh, we got some more, but they hooked us up with uh, with a bunch of bomber bottles. And when I say a bunch, I mean you know like eight. 
of uh, a few of their different brews, and it's pretty good. Uh, St. Nicholas Brewing Company. I got the Cadence Porter tonight. Let me hold up the camera. Cadence Porter. And in there, I, I've noticed their beers are all like uh, cycling-themed beers. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they also gave us uh, a pale ale, Peloton pale ale, and a blonde ale, and then a... Uh, he just went to his wine cellar, everybody. I'm walking down the stairs. <laughs> can, you, can you hear me walking on the cobblestones? Um, and then a single batch series, which I'm not sure what this is. Single batch series. It's, it's, got, it, it's got handwritten notes on it, so you know, it's, you know it's good. Batch style, I can't read it. Whoa, something. Maybe it's a person's name. I don't know. 8%. So I'm looking forward to drinking some of these, and uh, you guys, uh, when you get over here, you can have some as well. But uh, thank you to uh, St. Nicholas Brewing Company in Decoin, Illinois. Very yeah, that's nice. awesome. I can't, uh, we, we Originally, the plan this morning was all three of us were going to be in studio together, but of course, the exact opposite happened. So, <laughs> Kurt, don't drink all the beer. Uh, hopefully next week we'll be over with you, and we will enjoy some of those with you. If I drink eight bomber bottles uh, in a week, that's I have a problem. <laughs> I think. Well, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe I do. We've been but, uh, trying to talk to you about that, Kurt. <laughs> oh, this is the intervention. You guys are shitty interveners because I didn't even notice it. <laughs> but no, it's good. So I know that the porter is very good, and I, and I will. Um, uh, the others look good too, and then we'll we'll give them a try. Uh, upcoming shows. So I, uh, the reason that I want to mention the thing that I am also drinking at the same time, which I know is very strange, uh, but. Uh, I got the new Dr. Pepper dark berry flavor. It's a limited edition flavor. You guys, you guys like Dr. Pepper, don't you? I don't drink oh, soda. I, love I loved, I like Dr. Pepper. I don't drink with soda anymore, but I drink, I like it. It's good. Dr. Pepper is the only soda I drink. Like I literally don't drink any other kind of soda. So I've always been a fan of DP. And uh, yeah, so this is for, uh, it's in promotion of the new Spider-Man movie. It's called dark berry. Um, out, I think only until July. So uh, pretty good. It's it's got like a like a blackberry grape hint to it, but you still taste the Dr Pepper flavor. So it's uh, think of it like cherry, but replace cherry with blackberry, and uh, it's it's good. It's pretty good. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, May eighth, two thousand nineteen. Um, 1998, May 8th, 1998, Brett Hall scored his last St. Louis Blues goal, which was a game winner. Grant Fear was named the number one star in the Blues 4-2 win versus the Detroit Red Wings in game one of their second round matchup versus the Wings that year. Uh, the Blues went on to lose the next three games in that series uh, and four the next five to lose in six games. That was during the era of the... Uh, Punch the your wings in the face! Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah, yeah. The, the, we hated them so much. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Them was the, them was the dark days mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, we had good teams. They weren't dark days necessarily. I mean, they were dark days for playoff wise because of the results. But we had good teams, and they yeah. just we couldn't get past the wings. Nineteen ninety six, May eighth, nineteen ninety six. Tony Twist scored his first career playoff goal. To tie the game, and uh, this is a playoff game against uh, the Red Wings again, and uh, Igor Kravchuk scored the overtime winner in the Blues' 5-4 to four win versus the Detroit Red Wings. This was the uh, series with the double overtime game, 7. Eisenman goal on John Casey. 
Yes. It's <clears throat> it's I so was... funny because I remember ninety percent of of Blues games. Like you mentioned these these playoff games in in the the, the STL Blues history. Uh, uh, this day in STL Blues, whatever, um, whatever this segment's called. Um, and I remember these games, and obviously I remember this game, but man, I. I don't remember anything but the Iserman goal, and I hate that. That pisses me off. I remember, uh, like, I don't necessarily remember. I remember scores a little bit, and I remember kind of where I was where, when some games were happening. Because I was like, uh, I was at Carbondale, uh, getting ready to come back home for something uh, after graduation. I guess it was maybe. No, that was the year before. I don't know. But uh, I remember being at Carbondale for a game or two, and then home for the for the rest of them. So that, uh, yeah. I uh, yeah. this was game. I think this was game three because the red with the wings in '96 they won the first two, and the Blues won the next three. So and then we we're up three games to two, and then the Wings won the next two. I remember the uh, St. Louis going crazy too for the Blues that when they were when they won three straight against Detroit, and uh, we're up three two. I remember the that the, the the whole city round two whole cities in playoff mode where what game away from going to the conference finals. Uh, this time was the first time since you know uh, what eighty six, so. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <clears throat> the crab uh, game winner. I was there that game. I remember that. That was one of the one of those nights, and uh, I know there was some video of it last night. It was a little more celebratory because of the uh, series win, uh, but uh, everybody, you know, cheering, chanting in unison on the way out the building. It was just, it was amazing. Uh, 1982, May 8th, 1982, the St. Louis Blues held a garage sale that included jerseys from the inaugural season, which is, and there's a clipping here from the newspaper article, uh, Blues Garage Sale. The Blues Hockey Club will hold a garage sale in the main lobby of the Checker Dome this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. On sale will be sticks, pants, stockings, stockings, uh, gloves and skates uh, in used and new condition. Some of the items of interest that will be on sale, including the original St. Louis Blues jerseys from 67-68 and nameplates from all ex-Blues players. Uh, and the last line is, no, Emil Francis is not unloading any of his players, which I thought was funny. Uh, but, that's, but yeah, That's a good line. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, and so I, uh, this is, uh, man, uh, 82, huh? I Yeah, it was, I was only uh, eight years old. So I wouldn't. I don't. I don't remember the. I mean, the Blues do this every year. They have these sales, but man, to have the uh, inaugural season jerseys in the sale, I wonder how much they went for at the time. They were only, well, what, 15, 16 years old or fourteen years old at the time. So I guess, yep. yeah. But still, I wonder how much they went for. Someone, someone out there knows. And I bet that someone's STL Blues history. He needs to find this out for us. <laughs> All right. Uh, round two, Blues and Stars, game six. Uh, we can start off with game six. Um, facing elimination and having lost two, the last two games in the series, the Blues are on the road in Dallas. Uh, Sammy Blay gets into his first career playoff game, which was, ends up, uh, in hindsight, being a... Brilliant decision by Berube. Um, you know, usually on the road in the playoffs, you want to you want to survive the first five to ten minutes of the game when the home team comes out with a lot of energy. You know, the the stars had just uh, had just went up three games to two, uh, and they they could have closed out at home, 
the crowd's going nuts. You got to think they're going to come out strong. And then what happens? We score. What, 63 seconds into the first period? Yeah, I want to let me add something real quick. So, so going into this game, um, you know, and we talked about it after we talked about game five, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, after game five, there was so much negativity surrounding the Blues. And hey, listen, I've been there. The Jets series, when they went down in game five, I thought, this is it. It's over. The magical run's over. I get it. I understand the negativity. But holy shit, everybody on Twitter was meltdown. This is it. It's over. They don't stand a chance. They go back to Dallas. Dallas is going to win this game. There's no chance. I, I mean, it was insane. I'm like, people remember that, that the Blues are a good road team, right? We, we Not talk- only oh, are so- they winning on the road, they come back in dramatic fashion and win on the road. We, uh, we talked, uh, our last show was after game three, so we didn't talk about four or five. Which we're not going to oh. talk about. I mean, I'm not going to go detail about those games. That's that's not that's old news. But, um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it, it, but you know what? Uh, everybody on social media, and there's so many. Not everybody, but there are so many people guilty of it. Uh, with when you, you when you win a playoff game, and actually players have said this that it's interesting. But fans, same way, when you win a playoff game, oh my god, we're so good, we can win the cup. And after you lose one game, it's like, oh my god, we suck so bad. We're going to lose this series. We're done. I, I can't stand the bipolarness of a lot of fans after we lose a game in the playoffs or even if we don't play good in a game uh, at all and lose. And it's almost, oh, my God, it's just over. It just sucks. I can't watch this team anymore. I, I fucking hate it. It's just I, I, I can't. after a loss, I really kind of pull back from Twitter. I try to because it's just toxic. It is yeah. just Amen. ridiculous. Uh, people are insanely crazy, stupid about a loss in the playoffs. Even down three games to two, people had thrown in the towel. Oh, I've, I have no confidence whatsoever. I'm like, it's three to two, and I, I, I mean, I don't, it, it, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't, I don't. I, I get being nervous and worried. Oh my gosh, we're one one one, one loss away from being eliminated. But it's three two. We're not down three zero. It's just so yeah, and, stupid. And it's it's also the fact that, you know, I mean, again, this team's great on the road, but three to two, you take it one game at a time. I mean, how many times just this season, right? Wasn't uh wasn't Toronto up three two on Boston? Were they? I I could be wrong. Uh, they, I'm not sure if they were or not. It seems so long ago. <laughs> it yeah, does. it really does. Um no, I, either way. I mean, it happens every year. They're not every year, but a lot that a team goes down three to two, and then the team comes, the other team comes back and wins both games. You just got to take it one game at a time. For for Blues fans at that point, three to two, yeah, it looks bad. It doesn't look good. But when you think about it, okay, they're going to the road in Dallas. Blues are great on the road. They win the game. That's a game seven in St. Louis. Anything can happen in game seven. And that's and and people just refuse to see the big picture. They just see the three two oh, and think, yeah. "Shit, we're done." I think uh, it was mentioned on the radio today. Uh, I forgot who said it, but uh, Game Sevens played the, the home team. I'm not sure how far back he's, he was going with this comment or this stat, but 70 percent of the time, the home team wins the Game Seven. And that shocked me because I know that that, that uh, home ice advantage in the playoffs isn't a big thing. But I've always said 
that, um, yeah, home ice advantage is not a big thing up until you get to game seven. Then I think it's a thing. I think then I, I said, I don't want that game seven on the road. I know the players don't. They want to play at home uh, for that game seven. I'd, I, 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 it, and the Blues, I mean, not to jump ahead of this game, but we're talking about but they played a really, really good uh, uh, game seven. So, I mean, and would they have played that? Would we have won that game in Dallas? I mean, do we win a double overtime game in Dallas? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but 63 seconds into game six, uh, we take the crowd out, which was which was a big deal. Uh, nice, nice play. Uh, Shen uh, caused this goal. I mean, Petrangelo shoots it. But uh, Shen is screening Bishop in front, uh, along with uh, the defenseman who is tying him up, uh, and it finds the back of a net stick side. So, one nothing Blues early on. Um, I'm thinking Blues Nation is pretty pumped uh, to get that first goal because the stat for the series was the team that scored first had won every game except for one. Yeah, and that's kind of been the the that's been the the case for all the playoffs this year. Um, I remember. I think it was last year, first time ever, where every there was a night where every single game, uh, the team that scored first did not win. I think every game went to overtime, and and the other team won. Um, and that's just, but that's rare. That that rarely happens. So when the Blues jump out, and I remember people even saying this, even uh, I think the the commentators saying, if the Blues have any chance, they got to get on the board early. They have to get in Bishop's head early, and that's exactly what they did. And Man, Braden Shen. I mean, not to we don't have to have this discussion right now, but we probably should have it soon. Free agent, end of the year. My God, right now they have got to re-sign him the way he's played. You know what's hilarious about that comment is that uh a lot of people him. wanted him traded uh yep. earlier this season, um, along with a couple other players. But he was he was like the guy, like last season too. Uh, oh not last season. Oh yeah, last season he his name came up. Um but uh yeah, I and I was always, and this is not a hindsight thing. But I was saying this the time I said I want to keep Shen. I, I'd like to. I'd like to try and keep him, if we can. I, I like him. I like what he brings. Um, he didn't have as good a year this year as last season, but uh, playoffs. He's just a he. He's a he. Just I mean, when we got him, you think, man, he's a guy that's kind of built for the playoffs. I mean, just the, that yeah. kind of guy you want on your team in the playoffs. And uh, he's been a good player. I always yeah. create whether there's not proof points or not. He's uh, creating things. He's not invisible at all out there. Right. And, I, you know, I think a lot of the trade talk about him was back when the playoffs were a fucking pipe dream for right. this team. Right. And, you know, he's he since he's out of contract, of course, he's going to be the guy that, you know, is the easiest to uh, to unload. And he's he obviously, you know, would have value to other teams. But. You know, thank God this team figured it out, and Doug Armstrong didn't pull the trigger uh, when when we were so far out. Oh, did you guys know we were in last place January third? <laughs> Has that been what? beaten down our throats enough? <laughs> oh my God! That, really? I had no idea. I've been watching every game and in, in on mute, every radio broadcast, everything. We were in last place, but there need there really should be an asterisk next to that because we've said it before that. We had played like six fewer games than a lot of the teams ahead of us. So, the I mean, we were playing poorly, but we we point we weren't the worst team in the league at the time. We had the worst record point wise, but we weren't the worst team. 
Right. Well, and we to, kept to saying fair. too, like this team is like, when is this team going to break out? Like we, we all said like we're just waiting for this team to break out. They just haven't, and you keep thinking they will. And I remember one time I even said, "It's January, guys. I don't think they're going to." And then all of a sudden they did. I mean, it's well, this is the the first yeah the first uh, the first team ever to win a playoff series when they were in last place uh, on I guess January third. After yeah. January first. After January first, uh, first team to ever win a playoff series, and now the first team to ever win two playoff series. So beat that anybody ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got a couple comments here that I want to uh, uh, mention. First of all, ninety reason, ninety one reasons you lose says finally been waiting for this. Let's go Blues. He's talking about the show. He's been tweeting us. So thank you for the support, sir. We appreciate it. Uh, Bob Rakowski says was listening to a show from January today. The discussion was trading Maroon and Petro. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Well, and to be to be fair <laughs> to be fair um i, I mean anybody who tells you that uh that well okay we want to maroon there, there was talk of 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 moving maroon because he wasn't playing well at all and uh and i think that he could have had value someone could have wanted him you know new jersey wanted him bad in the offseason um so he turned down a lot of money to go to to, to, to play here he, a lot of money from new jersey so, uh, you know, I mean, I think the thought was trade some pieces to get some uh, resources back to help the team in the future. I think moving Maroon could have gotten you a pick or something. So, um, you know, I, that, that, was, that was not a crazy thought at the time. No, it wasn't. No. Well, and we, we even had the discussion, who would you rather have, Maroon or Berglund? Oh, I... <laughs> I said the maroon. answer. The answer <laughs> now is maroon, but well, I said Berglund. I said then. maroon. I remember that because I. I mean, I would. Yeah, I said maroon <laughs> because of the salary and and yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, salary. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of player, it was like, well, Berglund gives you this. Maroon's not really giving you anything. That's true. That's true. But uh, I think I had like some kind of disdain for Berglund, so I just didn't want to. I couldn't pick him. Um. So getting back to our Shen discussion, which opened up this wormhole. Uh, Crave Walrus in our chat, which I don't know if you've ever been a part of the show before here, Crave, so thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Uh, can score, hit, make space, and has a killer shot. Definitely need to re-sign, and I agree with that. Uh, I've loved his game since he got here. You know, you heard all the negative talk from Flyers fans about, I don't know, how he's a selfish player or whatever the, the whatever it was. I've never seen any of that in two years. I've been happy to have him out there in the first line, second line. Doesn't matter who he's playing with; he's always given his all. Um, what is it with the East Coast uh, hockey fans that don't tend to know they can't evaluate their own players? With uh, uh, the Flyers fans uh, ragging on Shen, and then the uh, Buffalo fans uh, ragging on O'Reilly. I mean, they're just they're just more angry over there. I guess they, they just. I mean, it's mostly the salty air. If if this is your junk, we'll take it every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please sell us uh, your junk. Douglas Johannes jumps in, good friend uh, Doug, also known as Zed, on the show. Uh, if he wants to stay, he wants center, which I'm fine with. I mean, I know that for a, a long time there, he was playing the wing, but I think he looks great at center. I'd be more than happy to to keep him there if if that's kind of one of his stipulations with uh, the head coach. Yeah, we got some uh, active uh, chat in the YouTube. Uh, and uh, Bob Rakowski says, I have no problem with him at all, uh, or, uh, at center. And uh, I think nope. I most fans feel the same way. 
I think I remember one of the discussions also getting back to uh, our January talk was, you know, what if I remember at one point I said, and I think you guys even agreed, I'd rather build this team around O'Reilly and Shen than Schwartz and Tarasenko. Because at the time, Shen and O'Reilly were playing great, and Shen or and uh, uh, Schwartz and Tarasenko were coming off an awful 2018. So, yeah, uh, that's how much we've loved Shen on this show. Uh, the YouTube chat just spoiled the next Avs goal for me. So I'll spoil yeah, it for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, here it comes, right? Uh, maybe not. No. How far am I behind? Good a, Lord. I'm still on a damn commercial break. Are you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm 1920 into the third right now. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I've got a blank screen right now. So you spoiled the Avs goal for me. Here it is. Right there. Boom. Goal. 1909. Wait for it. <laughs> Mm. Thanks. Yeah, I'm like five minutes away from that, I guess. Sorry. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So we don't have a no spoilers rule in the chat, so it's it's fine. Go ahead. Uh. So uh, Petrangelo uh puts the Blues up one nothing, which was a big goal. Then the Stars and the uh, uh Sagan goal uh, make it one one. Uh, he find us found a soft spot in the low slot. One time the puck from Zuccarello on the right wing that uh, squeaks through Bennington's pads and trickles across the goal line. Um, it went in uh, before he tapped it in the second time. But so uh, some people were saying that was a softy for Bennington. I don't. I mean, whatever. It's, it it um, went through him, it was, but it was a leaker. It was a, it leaker, was a leaker, but. but but not a softy. It's a power play goal. It's a it's a one timer from the slot. Um, he's going across. It it snuck through his five hole. It's not. I wouldn't call it a softy. Um, but then uh, Perron tie, uh, gives the Blues the lead two to one on a dump in. Uh, Lindell tries to jump and glove the puck down, but it goes off his glove and towards the boards. And Sundquist uh, skates in, grabs the puck, and and has a couple steps on Lindell. Uh, throws the puck across the the slot uh, to Perron, who was. Uh, well covered on this. This was an interesting goal. He was well covered the whole time. But uh, uh, he, he gets a stick on the puck to uh, actually uh, kind of one-time it by Bishop, who didn't react well to the pass across, was playing the shot the whole way, figured his defenseman had the pass, which they should have. They did, but uh, just kind of botched the coverage at the very end. Um, and I think when Perron went to shoot this, went to, uh, hit this, shoot this puck, uh, his stick hits uh, the defenseman's stick, uh, which I don't know who the defenseman was on him at the time. But uh, it was Lindbergh. Wasn't that Lindbergh? Um, hell, I can't remember his name. Lindell, was, Lindell was on Lindell. the... Lindell. No, he was on the other wing. He was on the other side. Uh, maybe not. Because he, he was the one that gloved, tried to glove the puck and missed it. Um, But uh, but yeah, Perron said that he didn't even see the he didn't see the puck when he hit it, and he didn't see it go in. He saw it coming, but then lost it because he was kind of screaming by the defenseman, which if you've played... You know how that works. You're you're if you're a forward, you're you're looking for a backdoor pass, and there and the pass is coming through players, through defensemen and people that are covering you, and so and you see the pat, you know the pass is coming. You see the motion for the pass, and you might see the puck initially, and then it disappears in legs, and 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 your your eyes are in like in someone's shoulder, so you so you just kind of just wave at it because you think you know when it's coming, and uh, he made contact and it went in. He said he never he didn't see it hit a stick and he didn't see it go in, so. Um, that said, was yeah, um, been there. that was John Kleinberg, by the way. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's like yeah, I I know exactly what you're saying, David. I've been there. Um, 
And then, uh, and then Schwartz scores uh, the goal everyone was talking about, which I thought was a social media comedy store after this yes. goal was scored. <laughs> um, uh, this is the goal that uh, where uh, Pareko uh, almost uh, shattered Bishop's collarbone. <laughs> um, Steen did a good job sticking with it. Um, grabs the rebound, fires it towards the net. And good thing Schwartz tipped this because it was going wide. Steen shot was going a little bit wide. Wait a minute. You're telling me Alexander Steen was about to shoot the puck wide? He shot it wide. It's not surprising mm-hmm. he shot. He shoots all the time. But he was shooting it wide. Hey, granted, it was in, in his defense, he was turning, wheeling, and firing, uh, knowing that Bishop was down. Good on him for that because he knew he was down. He was playing to the whistle, and I'm going to shoot it before he gets back up, which was brilliant. And uh, Schwartz tips it out of midair under the bar. Blue score up 3-1. to one. Stars Twitter goes nuts about... Yeah, man, I mean, come on. <laughs> you're, you're sitting here saying that was a great move by Steen. What a classless move by Steen to shoot the puck before the whistle goes, shoot the I mean, puck on a, on a hurt class, goalie. No class. I mean, what you what you do not shoot the puck before the whistle. I mean, right? Right. That's <laughs> everybody the, that knows was the you. Argument. That, that everybody was knows the you argument. wait until the whistle. Right. Um, yeah. If if you have class, sure. Like uh-huh. like Jamie that was had. that was literally the argument that people had. Yeah, and, and it's funny because um, their the main argument was uh, being a good sport and showing class and not shooting the puck on a goalie that's hurt. I'm like, hold on. We just came off of a game where your players were diving left and right trying to draw penalties, and it was like national news. And, like, and what, uh, former players are calling it the worst case of diving they've ever seen in their lives. <laughs> yeah. And uh, people are calling for suspensions and whatnot or fines. Um, and so don't, don't even – don't even. Just – GTFO, okay? Get the fuck out. Jesus Christ. I I was I was honestly like I knew when that went in, I knew there was going to be some people oh, yeah. that were going to say, "Oh, yeah, I I knew that was coming." But to see the amount of people that said it, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and bash Stars fans. I'm a former Dallas resident of 10 months, so I don't want to bash anyone I used to live with. Oh, please. But but my god, like so so another example of just craziness that is uh the bandwagon stars fans uh i don't know if you guys saw this the next day when they announced that bishop was coming back all they did was post a picture of bishop in his mask and uh coming out with the green fog around him and you could clearly see the 30 on his on his sleeve you saw his mask you saw the and it said look who's going to be starting game was that game six game seven game seven and and they uh there was literally people on Twitter saying, who is that? I can't see the name. Who is that? <laughs> stars fans that have, well, they have you know, go stars in their Twitter profile. You know, you, how do you not know? They're they're. I mean, it's playoffs. Every team gets a bunch of fans that jump on the bandwagon that don't really know the numbers and they don't really know the sport. Um, yeah. And, and I, I had, I, there was a guy who uh, I, I conversed with on Twitter. I was, we were talking about this, some stars fan. And he said, uh, nine times out of, I've, I've watched hockey long my whole life. And I said, nine times out of ten, that play's blown dead. And I'm like, I, I can tell you that um, it was blown dead because the the defending team grabbed the puck and got possession. Um, mm-hmm. Or the mask came off. That's when it, the whistle blew because the whistle blows immediately when the mask comes off. Uh, something like that. Or if the official thinks that 
uh, it's an injury that needs uh, immediate attention from the medical staff, something like that. Uh, that because that's in the rule book. That's the way the rule is written. The the official got it one hundred percent correct um, based I, on the rule I book. Will, I will say that that you know they I have seen it before where um, a team you know like let's say the Blues have the puck, Bishop gets hurt. Blues still have possession, but it looks so bad that they'll blow the whistle. I've seen that before, oh. and, and I'm okay with it if it looks that bad. So if people want to take issue with that and say, okay, well, you know, the referee, it's the referee's fault. He should have blown the whistle. Okay, I'm fine with you arguing that. But to to piss on the Blues <laughs> because they kept playing until the whistle, which is literally one of the first things you learn in midget hockey is you play until the whistle, and there was no whistle, so they kept I mean, going. That's a that's a universality in sports. It's not just hockey. <laughs> you yeah. you play until it's stopped. Jesus. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I think I think the vast majority of oh, you know what though? Uh, there was a former uh, goalie. Oh, uh, who was it? I think he played for Buffalo. Bill Day. No, he he was replying to a Spit and Chicklets uh, thread on Twitter, and he said he was surprised the whistle didn't go. And I was like, "Really? Because uh, now, now if you're now if you think you're surprised the whistle didn't go because you're you thought the referee should have thought that Bishop was hurt really bad and needed attention. So I think, I think if that's your philosophy, okay." I get it. Like you said, the ref, the, the ref should have blown, blown the whistle. If that's your take, that's just a difference of opinion. But Bishop did stay in the game, uh, and the coach after the game said he was fine, and he started game seven, he was fine. So uh, turns out, hindsight, to judge the whole thing in hindsight, uh, the referee made the exact right call because he was not hurt that needed medical attention. He stayed in the game. So there's no, there is no argument to me at all. No, I... I agree. And um, Doug Johannes says former ref said he was surprised it didn't blow. Was that Kerry Frazier? I didn't yes. see if uh, he said anything. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Kerry Frazier said, I thought, okay. No, Kerry Frazier was, was adamant that the whistle should have blown. Because he thought Bishop was hurt bad. Yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure there's a there's a line drawn between referees that they've said, yeah, I would have blown the whistle there. And others said, no, I wouldn't have. It's, like you said, Kurt, it's a matter of opinion. Yeah, and I mean, and and to be honest, the stars have had a reputation in this series of diving and embellishing. So Bishop they too. Bishop too, uh, and they that may have factored in to this a little bit. They may have fact. Oh, oh well, you know what? You're not getting the benefit of the doubt this time because your whole team has been embellishing like crazy this series. I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt because it hit. I mean, it, I. That makes sense to me. No, I, I actually, that was going to be my next point too, is that we saw Bishop, wasn't it this game that Maroon got that interference penalty? Uh, was that this was game? I can't remember. Um, either way, listen, he did, and I'm fine with that penalty call, but the way Bishop went down, like, come on, man. And then we saw it a couple times. I mean, the, uh, oh, the, I, I can't, yeah, the the play where Maroon uh, like tries to get out of the way and hit and yep. gets him in the back of the head when Bishop kind of goes down. Yeah, and I, we talked on Twitter about that play, and I thought I thought yeah, I agree. I was a penalty, but uh, I think 
it looked worse than it was, but I think I really think uh, Maroon looked like he tried to get out of the way and tried to not make contact, and he kind of did that almost, but he still made co- enough contact where I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, but I agree. It didn't look it didn't but, look but, as bad yeah, as what I mean, it, but, it kind of. But Bishop's was. reaction on that I thought was was over the top. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think that you you really do start getting a reputation. I mean, I know that referees will tell you till they're blue in the face that they don't pay attention to, to, to reputation when they're making penalty calls or not penalty calls or blowing play dead or whatever. I know that's absolute bullshit. And granted, again, I'm talking beer league here, but I there was a guy I played with who every time he got touched, he would fly down on the rink, he'd flop and start writhing in pain. Every referee in the St. Louis area knew this guy and said, Hey, like I remember them talking to me before games. Hey, just, you know, if uh, your player number 21, I'm not going to say his name because I think he might listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> if that guy goes down, we're not calling a penalty. And I'm like, Hey, that's fine. He dies all the time. I'm cool with that. So it's referees. Absolutely. Playoff reputation. And Bishop has earned that reputation, at least in this series. I'm not saying that referees never call that play dead. They certainly do. I've seen it. The call play dead when it maybe shouldn't have been. But uh, my to go back to what I initially said with the uh, interaction I had with the guy on Twitter, the Stars fan, he was saying nine out of ten times. I'm like, no, it's not that many. That doesn't happen. That, that in the exact same scenario, nine out of ten times, no, I don't think so. And then uh, what's funny is about thirty seconds later. <laughs> Ben, this, this this play, this whole series, uh, this, this this the last couple goals, couldn't have just been any more interesting because 30 seconds later, Ben turns the puck over inside the Blues blue line. Of all people to turn over, one of my most hated players, Ben turns it over, O'Reilly steals, uh, pushes the puck up to uh, Blay, who basically comes down 2-0 with O'Reilly, and then Blay decides to let go a, a slap shot on a breakaway, which I fucking love. <laughs> that was fantastic. And he zipped it by uh, Ben's ear over his shoulder. And and uh, and I, it, when Bishop got hurt, and I know everybody that's ever played hockey uh, with any like in a league or organized hockey that that has, and you guys know I'm going with this. As soon as ben Bishop gets hit. All the forwards, all the shooters, people who are going to shoot, oh, like, oh, we're going high. We're going yep. high. Next time yep. we're, we're zinging one by his ear. And Bill's probably seen this in action <laughs> on the other end of the stick where he's, he's faced those shots. So, Preach. Preach. Yeah. And it, it, that's what you do. And, and, and what did Blade do? 30 seconds later, break away. He lets a slap shot go on a breakaway. And uh, Bishop didn't almost, he didn't move. He went down. He didn't move. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is definitely something we all do. I mean, we still do it in men's league. We see we, oh, God, we hear yeah. a guy talking and say, oh, man, my uh, my left knee's hurting. I'm not going to be able to go down to my left. Well, we're shooting fucking low left <laughs> all night. Like, that's, that's, that's hockey. And another thing, and there's even some Blues fans that are arguing this because uh, people were posting that on Twitter. Oh, shoot high on Bishop now. People were, again, calling other people classless for that. No, you exploit your your oh. team, the other team's weaknesses, and right now that's going to be a weakness for Bishop. Yeah, especially when you're in a series against a guy who, if the if the uh, stars move on, is their leading con Smythe candidate. You're looking for any advantage you can get on that, and that you know if that was 
in talking to people at work, you know, and, and saying, you know, the, the Blake quote I thought was really disingenuous saying he didn't, he, you know, saw that he had a, a little bit of uh, room on the blocker side and just aim for it. And, you know, wasn't necessarily trying to go upstairs. I don't think that's true. He's, he's absolutely, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. busted the tower with that. Sure. Shot. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And immediately Jim Montgomery took him out because he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I, I agree. Um, and, and, and my thinking was that, okay, if you go high and you miss high next time, wind up and slide it on the ice, mm-hmm. you know, cause yeah. then he, then he's, he, then he's coming up. He's like, oh man, I'm shooting high on me again. Right. And you come up, but Bishop tends to go down a lot anyway, but, uh, but his, his and five you, holes of weakness anyway. So, well, let me ask you, Bill, you were, you, you might have the answer to this question. Let's say that same thing happens to you a couple of years ago when you're playing goal you get hit up high, you go down in pain. Oh my God, it hurts, but you know what? I'm going to stay in. I mean, you probably know, right? That the other forwards are going, well, shit, we got to shoot high on this guy now. So you're probably ready for the high shot. So that's probably a good move to maybe slide it along the ice, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's... Situationally, depending on who, you know, who the opponent is, if they're smart enough to come away with that, because I won't say that... You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the competition back when I was still playing goal was uh, <laughs> very, uh, uh, you know, heads headstrong, you know, smart kind of people. But um, I, I digress. Now that it's been so long since I've played goal in a uh, organized league, um, I knew something. I knew that probably the first shot was coming at my head, and from there on out. You know, it was, you know, flip a coin. Don't know what's coming. Bobby Hall. Those that don't know, uh, Bill, has, uh, the last time he played goal, the Alamo was still standing. <laughs> uh, it's actually still standing. It's yeah, just right. A, it's just not all this, there. This, this is a true statement. <laughs> right. Sorry uh, about that. Uh, Bobby Hall, uh, back on the, uh, I think it was the uh, Brett Hall's uh, Top Gun video from Oh God, the early nineties, whatever it was, um, the Midas VHS tape. Uh, he was on there saying about how you'd zing a guy, you'd, you'd zing a slap shot of pie on somebody, buzz it by the ear, crack him in the helmet. And the next time you come down, you wind up and you slide it on the ice. Cause they're, they're, they're lifting up, you know, to, to block a shot of pie, but then you, you zip it on the ice and they're not, they're not going to block it down low. So. There's a couple of schools of thought about it, but uh, I thought I thought when Blake came down and and uh, zipped it high, I'm like, oh, it's the whole bench is talking about it. And and actually, you know what? Uh, uh, Jones and Sharp uh, in, in the intermission uh, after the game, uh, they talked about the exact same thing. They talked about how on the bench you're talking about going high again. You know, yep. so it's a thing. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's it, it, totally it's a thing. thing. Um. So real quick, I also want to mention you mentioned the slap shot from Blake. On a on a um, on a breakaway, the last time I remember seeing that was Al McKinnis coming out of the penalty box. The Blues got a five on three. They cleared it out. McKinnis comes out in the penalty box, comes down one on one with the goalie, winds up at the damn hash marks and takes a slap shot, beats the goalie high. I mean, what goalie's gonna stop that? So yeah, it's you see a guy wind up on a breakaway. You're just thinking, oh shit, right. And- you know, I, I think also, you know, it, that's 
that was the end of a pretty long shift for both Blay and O'Reilly. They were both gassed. Blay didn't have any speed. And, I mean, he's he's just, you know, saw the spot, wound up, went high, blew it by him. Beautiful, beautiful moment that, you know, really closed the door. It, it got us away from the best lead in hockey. Uh, Bob Rakowski said that, uh, is that the goal the Bishop tried to take out O'Reilly's legs after? Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it, yes was. it was. Which is, I mean... I, so I I saw some people uh, saying, "Oh, it was a dirty move by Bishop." I don't give a shit about that kind of thing. I really don't. I honestly don't. No. That's that's uh, hockey. If, if he that's wanted hockey. to put him into the corner on that play, he would have. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's just it's that. God damn it! I just got beat. I'm pissed. I'm gonna do something. No, I'm not. It's a half-hearted slash hook kind of a thing right. when you go by. It's, right. it's not. I don't. I that is hockey in its essence right there uh after a goal like that you just you give a guy a whack it's the way it is i i don't don't give a shit about that whatsoever um so they've tied it up things are looking good game seven um uh, back in st louis uh, the blues had not played particularly well in their own building they played much better on the road um but uh this game was one for the ages holy shit before we get into the game, yeah. I, I want to mention again, going into this game, what people were talking about, and you mentioned it earlier, it is funny because you do see a little bit more positivity going into this game because the Blues are coming off a win, and you're saying, okay, people are saying, okay, this is going to happen, but I did see a lot of people um, that that were just ready to, to, yeah, okay, this is it, guys, last game of the year. You know, some people are thinking you know well not thinking but but saying charles glenn this it's been a great ride um this is your last game you know i i saw a lot of that yeah and and again just going into this game it's a game seven anything can happen i think i i was not ready to fold it in i was not ready to celebrate i was thinking hey one shot that's all it takes in a game seven I was I was uh, really nervous, uh, just anxious, um, uncomfortable. That was a better word for it. Um, and I, I understand why people would have that mentality, have that defeatist mentality because of how things have gone in the past for the Blues in the playoffs. Um, game seven in this situation is a game that previous Blues teams would have lost. They'd have lost this game. Um, in a, I mean, the way this game, a double overtime, all those chances the Stars had, um, my God, I, I, I mean, not that they outplay the blues in this game, but, but the, some of their chances they had were such good chances. I mean, quality chances that really they could have scored in overtime a couple times easily. Uh, like the blues could have, but it went back and forth. But I mean, previous blue seasons, um, Ben scores in overtime Cagliano on that, on that, that, that backhander he had. Where that he tra- was, that was the one where I said, this is it. Yeah. I even said I I, I said yep. a lot. I go goal. Yep. Right before he shot. Yeah. I thought I, my heart sank when I saw that develop. I'm like, oh, this is it. And uh, knew that was the moment. Yeah. Right. And 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 it and, it, and they showed it in slow mo. And he went to like do a chip backhander to make sure it got over Bennington's pad, and uh, yeah. off the toe of his stick, and it yep. uh, wide. I mean, it was bouncing a little bit, but still. Yeah. Oh God. That's that's the puck luck we haven't got for 50 years. I've said this, I don't know how many times. We've had teams that have been easily good enough in the past a few times to win the cup. They've been good enough. We could have had a few cups, but not, what didn't come together for us in the past was um, you need goaltending, 
Your team obviously needs to play well, and you need luck. And the Blues never had all three at the same time. Uh, enough happened during a playoff season to stay alive and get to the finals and win the Cup. They uh, uh, Oftentimes, it was not getting the goaltending when they needed it. Oftentimes, it was just being bad bad luck. Bergeron throwing the puck in his own net. Uh, you know, a, a center eye shot from uh, from uh, uh, Owen Nolan, shit like that. Just just bad luck shit. That just weird stuff that goes in that uh, doesn't that you don't see. Dustin and, Dustin Penner at the end of the second period. <laughs> oh, you, oh. Every year it's something uh, else. Yeah. Every yeah. year it's something different. So we haven't had that this year. I mean, this year the Stars had it. They had Bennington uh, Bishop getting hit in the collarbone. Um, and so, and they had a, a number of chances with the uh, with uh, like I said, the Calianos, uh, the game on a stick, and he and he couldn't put it in. So yeah, Jimmy Ben we, wraparound, yeah, the Ben. Oh my God, the Ben wraparound and his. Well, the halfway through the game, he had a, a chance at a goal. He had an open net, and he yeah. his backhander went uh, sailed just like just missed the post and hit the hit the outside yep. of the net. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say too. I mean, you, you say that, but the, the we did see a Blues bounce the 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 goal the one goal they scored. I mean, right? Yeah that 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 was that was pitching the narrative for me right there. That that goal goes in, and I said, "Ah, fuck! Here we go again." Yep. I mean, that was seriously the moment where I'm like, "That's what's going to cause us to lose this series." But you know what? Shit, right there. Yeah. Well, uh, that came after Dunn's goal. Dunn uh, made it one nothing. About six and a half to go in the first. Um, when he took a uh, a wrist shot, a couple players in front looked at first like Maroon tipped it, um, but. It didn't, um, and then Bishop uh, didn't pick it up, and it found the back of the net. So after that, well, Bar- let's let let's talk about that real quick. Vince Dunn, I thought, I thought this is the best game he had all playoff. He was the only one to me that was getting really quality chances in the first three periods of the game. I, I I've I've liked Dunn overall. I've liked him a lot. Uh, he's had some games where he's been off, but uh, offensively. I have no problems with his skill. It's the, it's in his own in our own zone. It's where he can kind of uh, screw the pooch sometimes. But with that said, uh, no, I agree with you. He had a he had a uh, a very nice game, and obviously with the first goal uh, being a big one. So he just he just looked he looked motivated. He was all over the ice. He was skating his hardest, getting back. I mean, there was multiple times I can remember where he he was skated up in a shift. Blues turn it over, or the the stars got a hold of it in the corner work it back up and Dunn was hustling his ass off to get back in position to make sure that there wasn't an odd man rush. I mean, he, if he plays like that, I mean, he was playing balls to the wall the entire game, five periods. If he plays like that in the Western conference final, I mean, that's a nice lift for the blues coming from uh, one of their bottom defensemen. Uh, After that goal, Barbashev had a breakaway uh, missed Uh, Bishop made a nice blocker save. But then the, the goal we just talked about, <clears throat> Zuccarello's goal, which the only goal that Dallas gets in this game was a gift goal from the officials uh, in, in a sense that uh, off of his skate. A goal that Jason Vogelsberg would have disallowed, I think. Right. right totally Bill? would have disallowed it <laughs> yeah. in, in, in you know, a, a winner-take-all game. You know? <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. where were you, Jason Vogelsberg? I I actually almost tweeted that at you. <laughs> yeah, because uh, nobody knows this, but Vogelsberg was a, a guy we split yeah. hockey with, and he he offic- he was a, an official in our league for a while, and he uh, he called off one of my goal actually called off a goal in the playoffs uh, off him, and then went in the net, and he just said no goal. So, but yeah. and we we talked about his, that goal before because there was a goal this season. 
that was identical right. the, the to that shot, play. The shot off of, uh, I forget, was it Tim Peel's dick? Yeah, Tim Peel, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the exact same thing that happened to Vogelsberg. Yeah, so. that... It's funny because after that happened, I, I had a friend, uh, an old high school friend, contact me and ask me, you know, what the hell's that about? You know, obviously not a not not a guy who watches hockey a lot. So, you know, I was why was that goal allowed? It shouldn't be. They need to change the rule. And and I get that. But, you know, for those that feel that way and, and it's going to sound weird that I'm defending the officials here. Um, we're again, as hockey players, we're told very early on officials are part of the play. Um, yep. which is why your, your buddy, Jason Vogelsberg is probably not a good official because well, that's, that's like the puck taking a weird carom off the boards, hitting a, a weird stanchion in the glass and ba- bouncing back out. It's the same thing. It's, um, well, they do say in the just, rule book that a puck cannot go directly in the net off an official. Right. Which, yeah. but, but in the Vogelsberg case, it was, uh, something that was behind the net. It yeah. Hit yeah. Off his skate, hit off the goalie skate. Right. And then went. Right, and and the same thing happened with, uh, off Peel. It went off Peel, off Luongo, and in. So, yeah. and that goal by the rule book should have counted. I get the spirit of the rule, but by the rule book, it should have counted. Yep. Yeah, it's it's um it's unfortunate, but I mean, you think about it. You know, if you've got a a chance going the other way for the you know for you Blues fans, uh, you know, it takes a weird bounce off the referees back you know maybe the blues clear it in it bounces off the referee's back and then squirts to the far blue line and all of a sudden you got a breakaway do you really want them to blow that play dead i mean that's such an it just doesn't happen that often so i think it's that big of a concern it's just glaring when it's in a game seven this uh this this play though wasn't like the tim peel play it wasn't like the play that we're describing that happened in our league um it it this was not. This was a legit goal. I was. I'm not, I'm not saying that this was. This shouldn't be a goal, but I'm just saying it's just. A, it was a fortunate bounce for the stars. Um, and he, and he's. And to be honest, you saw uh, there were there was chatter on Twitter about uh, the stars' lack of a power play. You know, in the third period, uh, going into the third period, uh, people were expecting a uh, makeup call. I mean, there's no makeup call. Uh, first off. The, the 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 fact that the, the, here here's why the stars I this is and I said this during the game and uh, it turned out they didn't get one but I and which backed up what I thought uh, that for the blue for the blues to get a penalty in this game it would have to be something substantial one it's a game seven two it's close three a goal that went off an official directly caused i mean a play that one official directly led to a goal so and without if the official gets out of the way a goal isn't scored there probably right so they're not getting any calls that 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 goal was their calls for the game as far as that as far as like playoff uh, uh officiating goes they're not calling penalties on the blues first off they didn't call a lot of penalties on dallas they called two the blues got two power plays and i thought those two power plays were the makeup calls for the goal against. I thought that's, I mean, they were penalties, but they weren't like major infractions, but they were penalties. They're trips. So, and people are waiting for Dallas to get the power play. I'm like, they're not getting a power play off a ticky tack call. There's no makeup calls coming Dallas's way. If they get a power play, it's going to be because of a major penalty or a substantial penalty, high stick, something they have to call. It's not well, going to yeah, be something ticky tack. Well, let's add to that too and say, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to sound like a homer here to Stars fans, but 
the Blues played a very clean game. They were very disciplined. They never got out of line, in my opinion. I mean, there was a lot of pushing and shoving after the whistle, but the Stars were doing the same thing. There wasn't just on one side. So if, as far as the gameplay goes, I didn't see the Blues hook a lot. I didn't see a lot of slashes. There was one play, and I can't remember what it is now, but I do remember one time in the first overtime thinking, ooh, no, and and yeah. that was it wasn't a call, but it, it was one where I thought first period they might call that, but um, that was really the only one that comes to mind. I mean, I thought the Blues really, really brought it to to Dallas in a clean manner and uh, a disciplined way for a team that's that knows that you know again one shot can change your entire season. So um, they really just played a, a solid, solid, clean game. You know, I, and and to be honest, they didn't call a number of penalties actually on Dallas that could have been penalties. Um, if you want to get down to the brass tacks and talk about what penalties were let go, that play where Tarasenko went wide on the defenseman, I forgot who it was. He got the shit cross checked out of him. It was just, I mean, he got a, it was a nasty cross check up high on his shoulder. Um, that's a penalty all day long. Um, but uh, it was an overtime in a game seven, so obviously not being called. I had no problem with it not being called. But if you're going to be a Stars fan and complain about, we didn't get any power plays, um, well, you know what? You didn't get a penalty there in overtime when it really could have been called. And actually, I'd have, if they had called that, I wouldn't have been, sh- I would have been shocked. But I get why they didn't call it. You know, It's just the way it goes in, in playoff hockey. So speaking of Colton Pareko, um, I want to mention something Josh Webster says here. Um, he says, I think Colton Pareko has picked it up ever since he hurt Bishop. He actually He's actually firing the puck now and not just handing it to Bo Meester. Uh That's true, uh, but I do want to uh, mention, I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, especially in the first period. Every single time Pareko got the puck, the entire crowd... Shoot. shoot yeah yeah everybody wanted him to shoot again on bishop and he didn't have the i mean and awesome. I, I was wanting to too but he didn't have a lot of opportunity to be honest he uh, they were they were kind of smothering him uh which you know it made sense i don't I'm, i don't i didn't see a shot totals for the game but i don't think he had a ton no really. uh by the way the blues are playing the san jose sharks yeah. in the western conference final so we'll open up on the road they have home ice on us so. thanks for the I have 14 seconds left. Oh, <laughs> Spoiler alert, they don't score. I'm in what the handshake right now. My God. Rose, why don't you tell me that? <laughs> I, I'm actually in uh, I'm in the handshake line, too, so I guess I must have caught up somehow. I don't know how that works. That's impossible. Um. So uh, after the uh, Zuccarello goal to tie it up, it was pretty much a goalie clinic by both uh, goalies, mostly Bishop, because um, he had the most work um, as the Blues peppered and outplayed the Stars badly in the second and third periods. I mean, it was we outshot them, was it 30-something to four? Yeah, the four shots in basically two periods. Yeah, oh my, I dominated uh, on the shot uh, clock and uh, on the shot counter and uh, had so much pressure in the offensive zone. And I think um, the longer this game went on, with the Blues not scoring, with all this pressure in the second and third periods, they should have, in all honesty, they should have won this game 4-1 to one or whatever. They, they, they had so many chances. Bishop made a number of good saves. Uh, and 
I got nervous. I, I got really, and then all of a sudden we don't score. And then my God, Dallas gets a couple of good chances, like with less than a minute to go. Was it uh, the uh, uh, one of the uh, the wraparound by a uh, uh, Rupe Hins? He had a he had a, uh, less than a minute to go. He had a, a wrap uh, wraparound chance. And uh, I think Edmondson's stick got in the way, and then he, yeah. and then it hit the post, and Bennington wasn't over, on, di- didn't go from post to post, and didn't get his leg over, a pad over. So, uh, I, oh god, I, we'll we'll talk about the Ben chance again. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come up. But um, I we talked about the slower alert today between the three of us that I think we're we're kind of seeing the hole in Bennington's game, uh, and I think teams are trying to expose it. For some reason, he is not strong on wraparounds. That's kind of been a one of the few weaknesses we've seen all season from him. Uh, I remember um, uh, somebody scored was Roman Yossi in one of the Nashville games. Um, and yeah, I I just think I don't know what it is. He doesn't seem to get his leg over fast enough. His leg seems to go into the net rather than to the other post. It did, it um, didn't even get over to the net. Uh, both those wraparounds, the one by uh Hens and the one by uh Ben later on in overtime and uh, he he didn't even get to the other side. He he uh that was weird. His pad was angled towards the net. Um really fortunate both those didn't go in to be honest. Um and I and I thought the the Ben one was in. I thought a couple of them were in. I was like I just, you know, I just the way things were going and uh, my god, how many times what I you, I can envision that puck going in just on the Blues history and how things go in the playoffs for the Blues. I can yeah. see that that puck that wraparound attempt going under his pad and in, as opposed to the hitting his pad and coming out. Well, and I, how many times have we seen too the just the, the weak goal? You know, like you said, I mean the and just the Blues just dominating play all the way through, and then the Stars just skate down and score. You know, that's that was that was what I was thinking was going to happen. Blues just dominate. Okay, best defense is a good offense, so they're gonna they're gonna pressure, pressure, pressure. But then Dallas, you know, Bennington not facing a lot of shots, uh, getting a little cold back there, maybe uh, not getting a feel for the puck because he hasn't seen it in a while. And the Stars just coming down and scoring. And yeah, that Ben chance especially, I thought, oh no, here we go. Okay, here we go. We got the uh, the the schedule for the next round uh, Saturday. Starts Saturday, May 11th, 8 p.m. in San Jose. And then so Saturday, Monday. So no back-to-back, which was speculated today. The league was wanting to do Saturday and Sunday back-to-back. So it won't that won't happen. So it's Saturday, May 11th, Monday, May 13th at 9 p.m. Then Wednesday, 8 p.m., Friday, 8 p.m. And if necessary, uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. And the, there's, an after, there's a 3 p.m. game on Sunday the 19th. So they're all 8 and 9 p.m. except for Sunday, May 19th. So we have late games. Doesn't it doesn't make any sense that we would have eight o'clock starts here? They should not be. You know, they there's no no reason for doing double headers because you, you're down to four teams, two games. It, yeah, I don't I don't get that either. I I, I don't like it at all. I I, I, I assume the double headers are not. I assume the double headers are not when we're playing in San Jose. No, uh, they'll be wait one a in St. Louis. Are uh, what eight PM games are you seeing? Saturday, is, Wednesday, is it, are you, Friday. No, that's that's you're reading, you must be reading Eastern Time. Oh, I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It yep. is easy. okay. That's Kurt, no, don't blame me. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> You've only lived in the Midwest your entire life. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah to, to recap, so we can all try and forget Kurt's egregious mistake. Tim McKernan, uh, Saturday, Tim McKernan put this out Eastern time. Okay, it's not my fault. Saturday, May 11th, Blues at Sharks, 7 o'clock. Game 2, Monday, Blues at Sharks, 8 o'clock, and this is Central time. Game 3, Wednesday, Blues versus Sharks, 7 o'clock. Game 4, Friday, Blues versus Sharks, 7 o'clock. So those are good times. Yep. 7, 8, 7, 7. And then 2, and, and then 7, 8, if necessary. An afternoon game is interesting. Usually Western Final, you don't see a ton of afternoon games. Every time I think of afternoon uh, playoff games on a weekend, I think of the ESPN uh, theme song or the ABC theme song when it was ABC back on Channel 2 when they have games on ABC or actually Channel 30 at the time. Oh, that that was the one that went... Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was one, if everybody wants you, why isn't anybody calling? I thought it was that one. No, that's not that one at all. Mm-mm. You don't have to answer. Just leave them hanging <laughs> on the line. That should be that. Did you guys listen listen to Y98 today at all? <clears throat> Didn't need to. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were playing Gloria 24. They still are, 24 hours. They're going to play it until tomorrow, I guess tomorrow morning. I think midnight. Is it midnight? Okay. Yeah. I uh, I did. I, I actually admit, I, I did turn it on twice today just to make sure. Like, man, I have. Are they still doing it? And I will say the second time I tuned in, it was tonight at like 7 o'clock. It was actually pretty clever, and I'm guessing they probably did this throughout the day. I guess they have a segment on at 7 o'clock every night. It's like top seven at 7, and it's their top seven requested songs throughout the day, and they, they play them like, here's number seven, here's number six. <laughs> and they actually had somebody on there saying, and your seventh most requested song was uh, Laura Branigan with Gloria, and then the sixth one come on. And number six is Laura Branigan with Gloria. It was actually pretty clever how they did it. It was funny. But, yeah, there's no way I could have listened longer than that. <laughs> um, in overtime, uh, Edmondson was stopped on a great low shot uh, from the slot in OT. I believe this was set up by uh, O'Reilly. That was I thought that was going in. Um, Edmondson has an overtime winner in his credit, does it, to his credit, does he not? I thought he did. did. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was a great save by Bishop. And then, uh, Ben missed on a wraparound in overtime that was, we talked about real close to going in. Um, there was a picture posted online that puck. It, uh, it, it was close that Ben's wraparound was close. I, I think it was like on the line or halfway over maybe even. Um, but it's really hard to tell in the picture that would, I mean, I'm sure Toronto had better looks and an overhead camera look at it, but, uh, maybe, but they couldn't, I was waiting after that play when I saw the, uh, the, the replay and the play went on, I was waiting for the horn to go Were you guys, yeah, I was too, I was, I'm like, please no, because if the horn goes off, game's over that they're, they're, they're saying it's a goal. They're, they got to, and the game's over. So I'm like, please no, please no horn. For the next like 30 seconds or a minute, I'm like, please God, no. And uh, when it didn't happen, I'm like, okay, good. They determined it's not a goal. Whew, because that was close. Um, cup, just a quick correction I wanted to mention now. Uh, Douglas Johannes, sorry, Zed. Let's keep calling him Zed. I like that better. Uh, Roman Yossi was on Allen in Nashville. So that's a good point. I remember that now. Thank you, uh, Doug. Um, and then uh, 
Doug also says, geez, Kurt, I don't know what's worse. Kurt's massive fail on game times or Bill being late? You know what? Uh, go <laughs> talk to uh, McKernan about it on Twitter. I mean, yeah, it says uh, in parentheses ET. I get it. Eastern time. But uh, I was looking at the times. I didn't. Uh, yeah, whatever. Tim, Tim, my man, I know you're listening. <laughs> go Why don't you go ahead and join the show here and explain yourself? <laughs> go complain to McKernan. <laughs> um, uh, no, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, this was that was another moment with the Ben situation where I thought Jamie Ben, I mean, Jamie Ben reminds me so much of Owen Nolan from back in the day that it would have just been poetic for him to be the reason the blues season ends. And so when that wraparound happens and you kind of see, okay, that was really close. I'm sitting there going, Oh Jesus, the horn's going to sound. And I, I even like my brain was so ready for the horn to sound. I started hearing it in my head. I'm like, <laughs> nope, nope, that's just your head. You're playing tricks on yourself. Stop it. Just stop it. Talk about negative conditioning, man. Oh. We are we are a, an abused fan base here. We've been through so much, and we just, I mean, history repeats itself, and you're just waiting for the hammer to fall and to crush your dreams. I mean, how many times have we had our, 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 our hopes crushed in the playoffs just with just, just, ripped you, you you think you got it you're so close there's one shot and you go and you advance and it just is ripped away from you it mm, sucks about a steve eiserman goal yeah steve eiserman goal uh is one of many well and it let I me mean, let's face it we'll get to the goal here in a minute but we're so tortured that the maroon goal goes in my first thought even before celebrating is oh don't call goalie interference <laughs> you know like I probably missed something, and that was probably goalie interference. I, you know, my first thought when it went in, <clears throat> or when when the shot happened, from the camera angle, you can't tell, but I thought the first shot, like I thought, I saw, I thought it post Ben, uh, post Bishop in. That's what I thought happened. I thought it yep. went post off his back and then in the net. And I, so, I started, so. yeah, I started celebrating probably before uh, Maroon hit it in because I thought it was in first. But uh, but yeah, it was I, I b- before that even though, um, Cogliano, which we talked about, <laughs> missed that that uh, which we thought the game was over. And I think this game was not this game was um, not fun for me. It was um, I, I said before it was uncomfortable and it was painful because I I the Blues had outplayed the Stars. Outchance them badly, and I just kept waiting for the stars to to put one in to ruin what should have happened with the Blues having the better game. You know, yeah, and, and and uh listen, the Cogliano chance. I said it earlier. I mean, I even said out loud, "That's a goal." Like it's a goal. I mean, I as dumb as it sounds and as as ridiculous as it sounds, the Blues' season flashed before my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I seriously started thinking like. All this was for nothing. You know, yeah, second round, great. You got some some playoff revenue. You got some experience for Robert Thomas. But, I mean, I've got all these thoughts in that brief second are just flowing through my head, and I'm thinking, God damn it. I mean, for example, uh, game five against the Chicago Blackhawks in uh, 2014 when Jonathan Taves scored in overtime. Uh. I was at that when, when I was at that game, I was at that game six rows from the ice. I still to this day have not seen that goal because 
the minute that he got the puck at the blue line or the red line or whatever that was after Keith cleared it, uh-huh. I, I put my hand in my head and I said, they just lost. Yep. And I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't watch it. It was the worst feeling. Doug Johannes. To this day, I have not seen it. Zed said in the uh, YouTube chat, past performance may not be indicative of future results. <laughs> to, quote, you. to quote Bill. <laughs> but so, okay. Mm. Maroon's goal. Um, and I want to break this down because it's, it's an interesting play when you break it down and, and you kind of slow-mo it and watch what happens and takes place. So the face-off in the star zone. Bozak is centering Thomas and Maroon. Maroon's on the near boards. So Bozak wins the draw. It goes towards the boards, but it bounds off a couple sticks. Quickly back behind Bozak, where Thomas had moved him, and he grabs the puck. Now the set play here, and we've seen it before, where Thomas goes to the boards and then heads to the corner. And either goes behind the net or you know uh, tries to make a play. But uh, but he gets cut off by the Stars defenseman Klingberg, who is battling Maroon. So instead of going on the boards, Thomas improvises and cuts back towards the faceoff dot, curling by Maroon. Hins, who uh, was opposite Bozak on the faceoff, sticks with Bozak as Bozak goes to the slot, which leaves a bit of an opening for on the ice for Thomas to get to the net. Thomas skates into a prime scoring area before the high, before Heiskanen can move over to block the shot, and he goes high on Bishop Glove's side, ringing off the post, and then Maroon's gliding towards the net. The puck bounds off the post, hits the back of Bishop's head, falls behind him in the crease, and then Maroon sees the whole thing, and by this time is right on top of Bishop, and simply gets to the puck before anyone else as he reaches over Bishop to knock it into the net behind Bishop, and it was Maroon's third goal of the playoffs, second win of the series. And this, this play... Kind of shows uh, uh, Thomas's vision uh, on in a nutshell. I, don't, I think that, that might be kind of go unnoticed by a lot of people about what happened, but what transpired. But you know, the set play was kind of cut off, and he improvised, and it turned into a goal. It was just kind of a neat thing to slow down and watch. Uh, Kurt, I, I like to make a suggestion for you. You need to um, you need to get a, like a sound effect. Yes. You do one of these breakdowns. Yes. It's like. Kurt's breakdown. <laughs> yeah, or, or one of these. Could do that too. Yeah. I don't know. You you could do better. That, that one's not appropriate. For no, no, no. Because no. you're so well spoken and well versed. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I'm 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 nothing if not uh, uh I I do okay. Hey, oh, what about one of these? I could do. That is my ringtone. Is it really? That's cool, Jerry. That's a badass. That's a badass tone. Uh, so yeah. Bill, you're getting ready to say something. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, on that play, you know, Thomas, and so going into overtime, I think it was Keith Jones on the, you know, the uh, uh, in between periods uh, discussion. Um, going into just overtime uh, before, not the not the second overtime, but just right before overtime started, he brought up, he said, um, if the blues win this game, you know, Robert Thomas is going to be involved. And, you know, <laughs> that, that I, I thought that was, you know, just a very wise thing to say. Cause it, yeah, he was by far the blues most, ida- ah, most dynamic, most creative player on the ice last night. And, you know, I, it, it was just, you know, for a 19 year old to pull that, sh- off oh my God, and, hell. 
and, and call the audible and, and make the play just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, we, I mentioned Vince Dunn earlier, who's also a younger guy. Um, right along the ice with him was, was Robert Thomas. I mean, he, God, I mean, Douglas Johannes said uh, in the chat here, um, Thomas is an effing beast. I seriously think he is getting better every time he plays. That was, I mean, that was his best game. I think that was the best game of the season last he night. Great. He, he put the team on his back and played fantastic. And if that is a glimpse, just a tiny glimpse of what we'll see for the next 10, 15 years from him. Holy Suck shit. Look out NHL. Doug Gilmore. <clears throat> oh he, yeah. He's, he's, you know, maybe not exactly the, the sandpaper type of player as Doug Gilmore, but Jesus, have we had a better young, exciting all around prospect since Doug Gilmore? Not since Peter Sena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Hercus circus, maybe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, Tony Jerkis. Okay, so there was some chatter again on Twitter today about, uh, and there always is, about the National Broadcast guys, about, uh, about about showing favoritism. Have you guys noticed? I mean, I'm sure it's all over. It's always over the place. Showing favoritism towards the Stars and against the Blues. But if you go on a Stars Twitter. They're all talking about how the announcers are showing favoritism towards the Blues and they're against the Stars. So what... Okay, do you guys think that the broadcast team and the uh, studio analysts, uh, Jones and uh, and uh, Sharp, uh, did, were they favoring Dallas at all in the in the series? Uh, or were they... Or, for, go ahead. I was, I was just say, first of all, I think... I have loved the addition of, and I never thought I'd say this, but a former Blackhawk, Patrick Sharp. I think he's been fantastic. former star too, right? Yeah, I've I've been a big yeah, he, fan of his. Yeah, he's I've, he has been he has been great. I mean, he was last year. It was he had just retired. He was pretty raw, um, but he's worked at it. And he is he's actually very good in the studio. I I take him a million times over anybody else in the NBC crew. Um, the exception, I think Liam McHugh does a good job. I don't want to bash him, but you know that's obviously a different role. That's running point. Um, but yeah, I, I I think he's been great. But to your question, um, I know it's hard to say. I mean, I think every Jack Buck or not Jack Buck, uh, um, Joe Buck. I, I love on his Twitter profile. He has yes, I hate your team <laughs> because everybody thinks that Joe Buck hates their team, and and so you're going to see that with with every national broadcaster. Um, it's hard for me to say. I mean, you know, we could sit here and, and bash um, uh, AJ and um, uh, Kendall Coyne. I, I was not. <clears throat> AJ was better I, than Kendall. I, AJ was better than Kendall. Kendall. AJ was way better than Kendall. Kendall was yes. god awful. She is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I'm uh, Awful. She needs good, good, good friend of mine said uh uh NHL playoffs is not a good time to teach someone how to talk no. on TV. No. I, I, I AJ has a has a career in uh has a, a degree in uh as a broadcast or not uh something. Something related to the broadcasting field. So she has at least some experience or whatever background. But I don't know what Kendall's background is, but whatever it is, she's got awful. I I would love for her to like polish her game in a high school or college setting, her junior team maybe. But uh, yeah, I just to throw her to the fire. She, I, 
it was NBC is they're trying to capitalize off what happened at the All Star Game, which you can't blame them, but I it's not working. I don't blame them for trying. Well, did she yeah. not have an audition? <laughs> did no one screen her? True about Patrick Sharp last year. I mean, he he didn't. You know, he basically. You know, hey, this is a you know this is a guy that you know lots of lots of appeal to the ladies. We're gonna put him on the TV, and oh my god, he's awful. One off season. And, you know, he's, he is, as we just said, just the best in-studio analyst that NBC has right now. So, Well, and that's, that's how it started with Let's Go Blues Radio, too. Bill, when we brought you on, it was for the eye candy. <laughs> but you've turned out to easily be the best of the three of us. Wasn't, wasn't Kendall the one that was uh, down on the ice with Pierre when he said, uh, they're, over, yes. they're, they're yep. to your left and they're to your right? Yeah. Yeah, she totally mansplained hockey to her. Yeah, I well, and hi, and now I'm looking back and I'm like, well, maybe he should have <laughs> because <laughs> she was she's not good at. I mean, she's yeah. a good hockey player. Don't get me wrong, but uh, she's not a good broadcaster. I just she needs she needs to work on it. No, and I'll be honest. Listen, I I I respect her. I I love her game. I saw her play for Team USA, and she was great. I loved uh, that she was involved in the NHL All Star Game. So there's nothing against her and her skill set and her hockey mind. You're not being sexist it's either. Just brought what's that? You're not being sexist either. No, of course not. I'm not. Because <laughs> um, I, I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of hers, and and I was very happy when NBC gave her a chance because, you know, I had actually watched her play in the Olympics, and I remember her and saying, "Oh man, that that she's great." Um, but broadcasting isn't for everybody. Let's be honest. Um. You know, I hope she stays involved in the game. I hope. And, hey, maybe she goes down, polishes her game, like Patrick Sharp, comes back, and she's great. But right now, I have to say, broadcasting may not be your future. Maybe coaching. Maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe writing. I don't know. I hope she stays involved in the game in some way. But, yeah, right now, it's uh, it's, it's not good to be a broadcaster. (laughs) Like you said, Work on the high school games, work on the college games, juniors. Maybe you can get somewhere. You know, and, and with AJ, I think AJ was, was, she's good. She's obviously polished, and I just didn't like her takes. I, I didn't like the, the way she broke down the game. Oh, that's what I thought you'd say, you dumb fucking horse. <laughs> you calling me the horse in this situation? <laughs> I don't know. I just saw it, and I thought, that would be funny to play. Uh... <laughs> Um, but to, to get back, do you, I don't know if you want to get back to your original question. No, I mean, I well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was, it I, was, I it was a yes or no it, question, uh, Ponder. Answer fucking yes or no. <laughs> no. <laughs> My answer is no. Let's move on. All right. No, I, I, uh, I honestly just, uh, it's hard for me to really say, because like I said, I'm aware, I'm fully aware of um, fans always saying that, you know, these guys hate my team. So, you know, being aware of it, it's it's just I try to just brush it away. And, you know, for the most part, my wife and I are providing our own commentary. When we're watching games when I'm with my buddies. We're providing our own commentary. Yeah. So I'm not really listening that closely. So it really doesn't bother me. The only thing that really gets to me is the mispronunciation, which we could yeah. go on a four that's... hour rant on. But that's the only stuff. I mean, when it comes to the homerism or picking their team over the other you know, there's always the the thought that, 
they're picking the bigger market. They want the bigger market to I win. Don't, I, don't, I don't think the people watching the games and commenting on the games really give a shit. Even if they're told, hey, we're rooting for Dallas here. That's, I don't think they're going to call the game differently. That's that's not. I, I don't think that's a thing at all. I, I don't think that. I don't think that they, they, the broadcasters uh, want Chicago to win. I, I honestly think that uh, it, if they sound like they're excited about one team over the other, it might be because oh I don't know that team is is winning that game or or dominating that game or playing well in that game at that point at that moment. Uh, or they're in that team's building where it's loud and they're getting kind of they're kind of getting swept up in the moment. Uh, I I don't I don't think there's I mean, sure broadcasters may have a rooting interest I don't know um, sometimes, but I don't think really it ever uh, comes through to where uh, I'm thinking gosh they really hate the Blues. I've never thought that about a broadcast team. I've thought gosh they're talking about the Hawks a lot. Well yeah I mean I mean when they're really they with the time they were a really good team and they were probably winning the game and they were probably in the, in the, in the, uh, United center. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. And they probably have more, more stuff to talk about with them. I don't know. I, that, I, I, I really, it, it kind of, I don't know. I, I, it bothers me when, when people really just default to the, uh, Oh, they hate the blues and they're just talking about the stars nonstop and all this. I, I didn't see it that in game seven at all that, that they were, the, what they were saying about that. That's me. Yeah. The the only thing I there was one sequence and I want to say it was uh it was the broadcast crew I think it was both uh Kenny and or no it was it was the in studio crew um where they were breaking down a star's play and they they just told it it seemed like totally from their perspective because you know it was a blown play and they're like and unfortunately uh Ben missed the shot or caught the puck rolled off of Cogliano's blade and it was one of those two plays. And it's it just I'm like, huh, that that's an odd way to odd way to phrase that for a neutral party. Yeah. But, and, you know, it, without the qualifier of, you know, uh, unfortunately for the stars. Right. You, and, you that, know, and that's you, what I thought they probably meant to say, or, or maybe it wasn't said. I, I, I get that. I think one of the things that was said on, on Twitter too, was the, uh, in uh, in between periods, I think it was uh, after the third period when the Blues had dominated second and third, and uh, I think it was Jones said that boy, you can really see you can really see that the, the Blues not being able to score after dominating and outshooting the Stars so much in the second and third, you really think that the Stars might get one. Uh, their 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 Stars might come through and steal this game. Uh, because the Blues couldn't get it done. And I think that was what a lot of people were talking about. Oh, they, the Blues have dominated, and I was saying the Stars are going to win. And I'm like, well, I well, I think a lot I of people... felt exactly the same way. I know. Yeah, I thought the too. same thing. I'm like, that's the exact same thing I was thinking of. It's like, how can you not think that? That's That was a... I thought it was a great analysis. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, we haven't, we haven't taken advantage of our scoring chances, and they're going to swoop in and, t- and steal the game. That's a perfectly normal uh, analysis. I'm not sure what the outrage was about that. Yeah, we, I, mean, we, I mentioned that earlier that the, you know J- Jordan Bennington's not seeing a lot of action makes a goalie cold sometimes, and and that's why sometimes you see teams that are just getting utterly dominated but have a great goalie be able to just skate skate down and score a goal real quick. You know, and it's like, oh man, we just spent ten minutes in their zone. They spend thirty seconds in ours and they score a goal. 
Well, a lot of times it's because of that. And and yeah, that's how the game flows sometimes. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that's a negative thing to say about the blues at no, all. Not that's, at all. We've I, seen it happen a million times. I, I, yeah, it's a, that's a thing. That happens. Um, so uh, the Blues outshot Dallas in this game 54 to 30. And I think they said that it was the third or fourth highest combined save percentage in a playoff game of all time uh, for uh, Bennington and Bishop. Mostly because of Bishop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's give Bishop his due, man. Coming into this game, I totally expected he was coming in, playing injured, just you know, trying to gut it out. He was phenomenal. That that was that was top top two or three individual game playoff performances of any goalie I've ever witnessed. I think I go back to uh, 03 and Jaguar. Um, he had a couple of just insane games where the Red Wings should have won, and the the Wings were such a better team. Um, not like you know, I, I think the Blues and Stars are a lot more even than the Ducks and uh, Red Wings were back then. Um, you know, he he was just phenomenal. I mean, he the two Blues goals, both of them hit the the T on the the crossbar on the goalpost. Right, you know, one went in, the other bounced off, hit his back, and Maroon swooped in for the overtime winner. They had to be inch perfect to beat him last night. Fifty-four shots, and he stopped fifty-two of them. It was a brilliant, brilliant performance. It'll long be remembered in this town. Um, and you know, he's he is uh, he is really at the peak of his career at this point. I think. Uh, Bennington has. Let's see, he had 24 wins in the regular season. He's got uh, eight more. He's at 32 now. So uh, so he's 30, it's 32 wins. Where does that put him? As, no, is it, uh, he had 24 wins during the season? Let me see. He had, where's goaltending? There it is, 24 wins, yeah. So he has 32 now. Um, I know that... Uh, Playoff stats don't figure into uh, uh, the rookie of the year voting, but um, based on his performance in the playoffs and how he's been, does that if you if playoff performances did come into play, would that say, oh, well, Bennington is more legit now than he was during the season, and would you give him the Calder trophy? Well, this. yeah, and that and that hypothetical, yeah. Well, I mean, we're seeing because I mean, you seeing, give him eight more wins, and you give him well, and, 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 and we're his seeing playoffs. more important. We're seeing him play more important games and, than, than Pedersen ever did, right? And that's and and so if you're looking at the playoff games as being twice as more important as regular season, which is what they what they kind of factor in when they figure suspensions. So if you're going to suspend somebody for two games in the playoffs, that's equal to four in the regular season. So actually, eight playoff wins is like sixteen in the regular season, right? So that's yeah. that's forty. No, that's uh yeah, it's forty wins that he's got if you kind of do math and equations oh, and such. God, stop! <laughs> You're killing me. So that's forty wins. So where does that put him in the uh, in the uh, the wins of the season category? My point is, is that I think uh, people that might say that uh, you know he's his season was uh, he didn't play any, as many games. I think he's kind of proving himself here that. 
it maybe didn't matter he only played as many games as he did. If he had played 50 games a season, he may have turned in the same performance. So that's the, just something to think that, about. The thing that really impresses me about him isn't just that he's played so well in the playoffs. It's the game last night. Again, I know he wasn't Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop was on another level. So it's it's yeah. hard to even talk about how good Biddington was. But the fact that one, that that just goal that we all hated goes in in the first period. You got a one nothing lead. Puck Not goes his off fault. The skate of an official. Not his fault at all. No, and no, I know. And what I'm saying is, it's just one of those goals that it's maddening. It's frustrating. It's what the fuck just happened? This is game seven. That can't happen right now. And he was able to still just get his composure and play lights out the rest of the game. Stretches where he's not even seeing zone time from the Dallas Stars to where he's moving laterally and and, and trying to watch the puck. He's watching the play at the other end of the ice for long stretches. And then they come down and get a couple chances here and there. And he's, I mean, still, I mean, well, you met you uh, you have in the notes here. I don't know if we if you even mentioned it. The breakaway save in the first period. Yeah, I mean, he looked so calm and collected. He breakaway first period. You know, I think that was when the Blues had the lead. Correct? Uh, no, no, it was no, no score. Nothing. No score. So it was nothing. Nothing. Yep. So he gets. So he's got a breakaway game seven. He's a rookie breakaway coming in on him, and the dude just. Non, almost nonchalantly, it was a Radic Fox, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Nonchalantly, sticks his glove out, makes the save, covers up. Hey, let's go to a TV timeout. I mean, that's that's all the, in the way that he is just so composed all the time. That is what has impressed me about him. That that save that was all about uh, uh, positioning of his glove, and that's that's one thing that I've been impressed with him about is his uh, glove positioning. I don't know, Bill, you can comment on that but he, he his, his it uh, that happens a lot whereas his glove is in the right spot and they hit it every time it's it is for me it was something i could never master um it's it's just awkward holding the glove up at least for me it was always awkward holding it kind of up and out and so your your natural inclination is that uh, the windmill type save is easier to do when in fact it's the exact opposite. It's what what Biddington does: hold the glove up and out, and you can get down instead of having to try to windmill and hope to get a piece of it. It's isn't the it gives less visual sight. You know, you you right. cannot see the upper corner with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's his, his glove positioning is phenomenal. Isn't the theory, the theory on, on, on glove positioning for goaltenders has changed quite a bit, hasn't it? Because back in the day, uh, it was, it was hold it. Like you said, like you're, you're, uh, preparing for the windmill type save. So right. your gloves kind of low, right? Hold it out to the side, at uh, the side and kind of low. So now a lot of goalies will go, they'll turn it up. And they'll have it out, and, uh, and so, and that's interesting because I and I've I've had people uh, other goalies explain to me before about how that their theory was like okay well, theories have changed where they might hold it midway, so it's quicker to go up or down uh, like a portion of the way as opposed to holding it lower and uh, and then coming all the way up, 
which you don't see the dramatic glove saves anymore. The whole windmill throwing your body back. Uh, Statue of Liberty. You don't see that anymore. Right. <laughs> you don't see that anymore uh, because yeah. of uh, glove positioning has changed uh, completely. Right. You've seen one of those saves by Bennington this year, and that was on David Backus. Yeah. And that was when he was out of position and flailing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was scrambling and he got what he needed on the puck. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Crave Walrus in our chat says, to be honest, I would rather him be a cup champion than a Calder winner. I think we all agree with you there, sir. Yeah. I, he's not going to win the Calder, but I don't think, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think everyone agrees with that. You can have both too. I mean, there's no, that'd be nice. All yeah, right. No, I mean, honestly, it'll be cool just to, I mean, I, I'll admit, I, I've actually lost a lot of interest in the NHL award show. I used to religiously like, okay, it's Thursday night, seven to nine o'clock. I am not doing anything. I want to watch this. It's just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me anymore, but I'm excited to actually watch Jordan Bennington and see him in this, in the crowd and just be, Hey man, that, that kid deserves to be there. Ryan O'Reilly too. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that, but yeah, let's hope they're there as cup champions. That would be even better. Did you see his reaction after Maroon's goal? Bennington's reaction? Yep. No, I didn't. Actually. <laughs> they, they showed the overhead camera from <laughs> he did what he always does. Tap the post and skates off. He didn't, didn't celebrate, didn't pump his fist. Nothing. Yeah. So I, and I, 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 like I tweeted out, I'm like, you know what? It's comical. Um, but at this point, I think there's something wrong with him <laughs> because how do you not, how do you not at least just pump your fist or, or do something to celebrate that, that moment? I, it's weird to me. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a very emotional guy when I play. Um, I yell, I celebrate, I do shit, but he is the polar opposite of me and he does, he does absolutely nothing. It's so weird to me. Yeah. yeah, we 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 I played with a guy in uh, one of my greatest hockey moments was when I scored a uh, uh, a shootout winner in a championship game in a tournament, and um, I uh, you know I went crazy, and then the but that wasn't the last play. The last play had to be a goalie save. Our goalie that year was insane. He makes the save. Same thing as Jordan Biddington. He just kind of like looks over at the bench, puts his hand up. We're all going crazy. He just skates off. And we're like, dude, wait, we, we got a whole presentation to get like a trophy and stuff. Like, come back. <laughs> and we asked, and he's in the locker room. We're all, ah, you know, beers, everybody. And he's just taking his pads off. Hey, good game, guys. And then he just leaves. Hmm. How are you not excited? Like, that was an exciting game. And it's just sometimes I think that's just how some guys are. The Blues held Dallas to one shot in the second period, three shots in the third. Alex at Dallas, 31-4, to which we talked about earlier in the second and third periods. Um, the overtimes combined uh, were 13 shots apiece. So the overtimes are much more even, even though the Blues, I thought, during the first overtime, had the much better of the play early on. And then Dallas came on later, and the shots kind of evened out. But in the second period, Dallas came out with a number of chances. And they. I thought, Craig, I mean, were you guys in this boat too, where when the second period, second overtime started, and Dallas came out, and they had some chances, and they can't control the play a little bit. You're like, we're out of gas. Uh, the, the the Blues look tired. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's Dallas. You felt like they had been playing so much on their heels for so much of the game that they probably had more energy at this point. Um, 
and yeah, I think it, it contributes to what we talked about, you know, that, that impending sense of we're going to lose this uh, well, just because the, the blues did, you know, just look flat I mean, they were able to uh, Dallas was able to pick a, pick their way through the neutral zone for really the first time um, in the game. And yeah, it it, it didn't look good there for uh, uh, at least a couple of minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, let's face it, too. I mean, that's where frustration's got to be setting in, too. You know, they, they've they had so many chances, and they've played so well, and, you know, they're getting so many shots on Bishop, and he's just standing on his head. The only reason this game is still going has been Bishop. Five, and four. What is that? Sorry. What is that? <laughs> An ad started playing on a site that I was uh, on uh, HockeyReference.com. What the fuck? <laughs> I hate that. God. But anyway, no, it's... uh. You know, so there's a little bit of frustration going on there, and you just got to think, you know, the Blues are just, they're mad now. Like, they're mad in a bad way. They're not, let's finish this game. It's, oh, my God, we're never going to beat them. And yeah. that was my thought. And it's, uh, I mean, luckily it turned out the way we wanted it to. But, yeah, started the second overtime. I'm thinking, Jesus, let's just, let's just try and, and hope for a breakaway here or something because – the Blues don't seem like they have it anymore. Let's see. Uh, well, I can't talk about the Western Conference stuff because that's all old news now because we're playing the Sharks um, starting Saturday. Um, well, let's ask this question. If, if let's let's say the game's still going, who would do you guys have a preference on who the Blues should play? I won a Colorado. I think we talked about this last week. I won a Colorado to to start a home to have the home ice advantage. And um, we've played better against Colorado this year, and I think that uh, we're better now. I, now Pavelski, Pavelski is back too with San Jose, so that's yeah. that's a plus for them. Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea of uh, exercise the exercising the demons from two years ago, and you know, being the team that overcomes uh, you know San Jose in the the conference final. Um, yeah, I, I think the better matchup for the Blues would, you know, the, the more favorable matchup was uh, Colorado, um, especially, you know, to Kurt's point, uh, Pavelski's back. But also, I mean, Marty Jones uh, found his game again. And uh, that's that's kind of, uh, you know, that's a big deal. Um, you know, that it's kind of like the Blues. All you need is a competent goalie to, uh, to get you going. I mean, uh, not that I think at this point that uh, Bennington is just competent. I think he is a phenomenal goalie. Uh, but Jones is, uh, you know, he's, he's making the saves when he needs to now. And uh, it's not something that, uh, that we'd really uh, seen in that first round. I, th- I thought for sure uh, the, the Sharks were done. Yeah, I, I mean, let's face it too, for me, this, this is reminiscent of uh, 2001. Um, in a certain way, not the exact same way, but you know that, that year it was let's win it for let's win it for Ray for the Avalanche. It was you know Ray Bark, you know this is probably his last year. I don't think he's coming back. He came to us just because he wanted to win a cup. Now Joe Thornton, he's not it's not the same situation because he's been with the Sharks forever. I mean since I think 04 or 05. Um, so it's a little different, but this is probably the last hurrah for him and probably the last legitimate shot for some of these older guys on the Sharks, including Brent Burns. So that makes me a little nervous. I think they're going to be up for it. They're going to be, the Sharks are going to be, 
you know, kind of uh, that's going to be their rally cry. Let's win it for Joe. Uh, but then again, that's been their rally cry now for what, five years? And they haven't been able to pull it off. I mean, they went to the uh, the Stanley Cup final when they beat the Blues in 16, but they won one game there. And the, uh, the, the Penguins just dominated them in every way. So it's not something I'm overly concerned about like I was in 01, but um, it's definitely something that, that I think is going to press the Sharks if they're down in a game or if they're down in the series 3-1, 3-2, it's going to push them to continue skating and not give up. And that could, that could be an issue. Um, scoring in the playoffs, uh, Schwartz and Petrangelo each have 11 points. Schwartz has eight goals, which I think they said was second in the league in the playoffs this year, I think. Um, O'Reilly, nine points. Uh, Preko seven. Perron, six. Bozak, six. Uh, Teresenko, five. Tarasenko's five points have come on all five goals, no assists. That's interesting. No assists for Tarasenko. Three of those are power play goals, are they not? Four. I think, or is it four? No. no, I'm I'm asking you. I I don't have that in front of me, but (laughs) it's three or four. Keep vamp. I'll look it up. He he has one five-on-five goal, I think, in the the playoffs. I'm Uh, looking it up. Uh, Looks like he, yeah, he has four. You're right. Sundquist. Four power play goals. Yeah. With uh, he's tied for the lead, lead league lead with Bergeron and Hurdle. So odd, and I mean, in Game Seven, he he was really he he didn't have a ton of chances, but you could tell the effort was there. He was trying. I think they were just they just yeah. shut him down. Um, that that driving wide, and I mentioned earlier, he uh, got raped on the way to the goal. I the, yeah, he he, he was a victim of the whistle being put away too at some points. So yeah, I think so too. Uh, Sunquist five points, done five. Thomas five, um, which is a little surprising. I would expect. Uh, I mean, five points in thirteen games is not terrible, but uh, he as much as been, he's been involved in the play, he almost uh, expected a few more points. Who are you talking about here? Thomas. Yeah, he has one goal, four assists, and thirteen playoff games. Same amount of points as Bowmeister. That's unusual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I I know I said this probably last show. I have actually not been a fan of Bo Meester's play up until game six and seven. I thought game six and seven, he looked how we saw him throughout the end of the season. Before that, I thought, oh, no, he's regressed back to the guy that we all hated. But, uh, yeah, he, he's looked great lately, so hopefully he can keep that going. Yeah, Crave Walrus in the YouTube chat says the one five on five was the goal he drove around Heskinen. So that was that was a that was a beaut. Yeah, it was. Need some more of that. It, it, I mean, he he has not come alive in his playoffs yet. So I mean, we're waiting for that to happen. Crave Walrus uh, adds in the chat: Sharks two straight game sevens. A little older than we are. I mean, in 2016, we played two straight game sevens and couldn't do squat. Factor is going to be Tarasenko. He has to get going. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see him still contribute a lot on the power play. That'd be huge. But obviously, you want him succeeding five on five. I mean, I think still uh, your hot player right now is Jaden Schwartz. And if he can keep it going, obviously Robert Thomas too. But but if Schwartz can continue to play the way he has this playoff, I think that's going to be huge for the Blues. The uh, the 
uh, Stars were far and away better defensively than San Jose. I think the Blues have played the toughest uh, team defensively in the playoffs so far. The San Jose, so as far as Tarasenko getting his game back and getting more chances and a, and, and a few more goals, I think that's much more likely against a team like San Jose, who uh, is not uh, wasn't near as good defensively as uh, as Dallas was. So yeah, but remember, Vlasic sure had his number a couple of years ago. Yeah, but uh, well, we'll see. I, I, I like I said, well, I, I'm going by the fact that Dallas shut him down for the most part. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think what did uh, Boston have? How was Boston defensively? They're well, they're they're okay. <clears throat> I was looking at the rest of the teams left defensively, how good they are. Someone in the YouTube chat said that we're the best of the four remaining teams, which I think somebody said, well, Boston's legit, and they are. I mean, let's face it. At this point, somebody else said it in the chat too, and, and I agree with this point, that at this point it doesn't matter who you play. They're all hungry teams. They're all good teams. Four teams left in, in the NHL. They're there for a reason. So to say that we're the best or Boston's the best or shit, Carolina's the best – I just think it's not factual. You don't know. I mean, the way these matchups work out and the way that the, the, the hunger and the drive is going to take these teams over the next 7, 14 games or however long it's going to take, um, we don't know. We don't know who the best team is yet. That's why we crown well, a champion. According to moneypuck.com, of the four main teams, it's updated. Do you want to know who has the best uh, chance to win the Stanley Cup? Boston. Her Carolina. Followed by the Blues, St. Louis, the Blues, and then Boston, and then San Jose. Why Carolina? Because they swept last round. This is based on that kind of thing. I, I, I don't think this is that. This is not that scientific. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they're, 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 they got bumped up because they, they, they did quite well uh, as far as uh, taking care of business in, in the least amount of games. That factors in, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the, you know, those, uh, that the money puck model, especially, uh, really does, uh, take, you know, if there is a, a major recency bias in that, oh, yeah. uh, velocity, if you will. That's why I can't, that's why people were, were, uh, referencing moneypuck.com after every game and it would right. change. I'm like, don't do that stuff. That's the stupid noise. Don't do that. Uh, maybe if you want to talk about it, talk about it after each series is over then right. you can then it's at least they're talking about what the team did last series and how they played and and that when it varies from game to game like don't even that's just that's what I, it goes. i'll admit the only reason that i even pay attention to it at all is because we have the show <laughs> if if we stopped doing this podcast i wouldn't even pay attention to it. I, I it's on twitter and people post it and share it so i, I look at it it's kind of like power rankings that, that's like oh i'll look at them and it's just for discussion purposes. It doesn't mean much. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what podcasts are, is discussions. Hey. Um, that's all I got. But, uh, oh, oh, no, no. Okay, one, the group discussion. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask one quick question. We don't have to elaborate too much on this because it's a crazy idea. But just something that the back of my mind I started thinking about during Game 7. And again, I, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with this crazy idea but i wanted to get your guys's take on it i think we can all agree that ryan o'reilly at the very least is just tired and worn he's not winning face-offs he doesn't look like the same guy we saw in 82 games this year 
even first round, he doesn't look like the same player. And obviously the, the, the talk is, is he injured? Is he hurt? Is there something they're not telling us? Is he going to be the guy that when the Blues either bow out or win the cup or however it happens, is he going to be the first guy they're going to say, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly was playing extremely injured. Um, so I want to ask this question. It's We got at least four games until elimination, right? Until either the Blues can eliminate or the Sharks can eliminate. So would it be a crazy idea to give Ryan O'Reilly one more day of rest, actually, I guess two more days of rest, and have him sit game one? Phil, you go ahead. No, not game one. I, I, uh, I, I don't. You need, you need your best players, even if they're worn down. Um, and if if he's injured, he shouldn't be playing. Period. Um, but if it's a matter of fatigue, he's, you know, he he should play. Try to play through it. And you know, I I don't think. Yeah, you know, I, I get the point. You've got the, you know, the still three games left to overcome any deficit you get. But is one game going to recharge him for the rest of the way? I don't think that's the case. He has three days off right now. I mean, the most he's had off so far in the playoffs has been one. They haven't had two days off yet. Now he's got three. So maybe if it's a fatigue thing, maybe that helps recharge him. Three days off. Um, if it's an injury thing, might not help him that much. And if it's an injury thing, I don't know if one game off is going to help him a whole lot anyway. Unless it's, I mean, it's not going to heal in two days. I mean, if it's a broken finger or or what, I don't know. But I, I think if it's a fatigue thing, I think three days and you got to roll with him. You can't, I mean, five days obviously is better. But, I mean, we're talking Ryan O'Reilly in, in a game that, a game one that's pretty important, so on the road. I think yeah, um, I think you play him. Do you, do you just do you just stick him in a hyperbaric chamber right now and say you're not coming out <laughs> until game time? <laughs> he could just be fatigued. I don't I don't know. I mean, but the fact that he's losing faceoffs is to, uh, kind of has a red flag to me that he's he's hurt somehow or something's really sore, a uh, shoulder or a wrist or something because he's not the faceoff guy that he was before. And faceoffs aren't something that all of a sudden you just lose the ability to do. I don't think that's the case. I think it's it's got to be an injury of some kind or something that's bothering that's causing him to not be able to be as strong and as stick in the faceoffs as he needs to be. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know if I really agree with it myself. It's just it's watching him play. I thought, man, if, if he could just get one to two more days of extra rest than everybody else, maybe that's all he needs. But uh, you're right. I mean, I'll admit when the when the rumor originally started that San Jose, they might start Friday if they get San Jose. If they get Colorado, it would start Saturday. I was like, okay, well, then I want Colorado because I want one more day of rest, and I want Colorado and San Jose to go five overtimes on uh, Wednesday night. So, yeah, but but yeah, now that I see no matter what, it's Saturday. Obviously, we know the schedule now. Um, it's uh, maybe the three days off is, is going to be all he needs. Uh, and then uh, Josh Webster says, um, get ROR off the PK. It's wearing him down. Just get him off the PK. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe you just start limiting his time a little bit in game one. You just don't play him as much. But then again, if you're doing that, you're just giving more time to other guys who probably need just as much rest as he does. 
Uh, he also adds ROR needs one of those Tom Brady myster- mysterious drinks <laughs> or some of Yori Latera's stash. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And uh, we do have a, a comment here from a Chris S. He says, what's up, guys? Blues suck. Sharks will win. Oh, that's uh, from the uh, the Teal Town guys. Oh, that's that, Chris. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. you wanna you wanna you wanna do a oh we might do a bet. Might do a podcast. Oh, we need to do a bet, eh? Yeah. For sure. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you're gonna lose. I don't know, man. Last time we bet these guys, we uh they had to put a logo of ours on their show and everything. I mean I don't want to do it to them yeah, again. I don't yeah, I don't really want to do that to them again. Yeah. I like those guys. They're nice guys. I like these guys. They're nice guys. Just kill one of them. <laughs> uh, I was so hoping you were going there. <laughs> I'll go three amigos. They are funny guys. They're funny guys. I like these guys. Um, yeah, no, and uh, I think uh, they uh, they uh, requested that we uh, join them on their show maybe tomorrow. So we're trying to work something out to see if that's going to happen or not. So or when they're going to do the show? I'm guessing it's a post game show. Ah, uh, no, a Thursday tomorrow. I mean, oh, uh, dur. A Thursday. I think that they're. Not, that, I don't know when they're going to do it, but they were. They mentioned doing something, so we'll see what happens. If we do, we will tweet that out for those of you who might want to see a little clash between Teal Town and Let's Go Blues Radio. Yeah, we've each been on each other's show a number of times, and there it's always a good time. They're they're good guys. Yep. <clears throat> they're already uh, booked with me for the summer shows when I'm going to be talking to other teams. So. Uh, you will be hearing from them, and and I guarantee this upcoming series will be much of the conversation. And you know what? You know they won in in 2016, so I have I have no reservations about uh, talking bad about the Sharks um, and <laughs> wanting the Blues to win uh, even more so when I'm on their show. For example, if we go on their show and discuss the upcoming series, which I'm more than happy to do, we'll enjoy it. But I think I will. I will hold back a little less, seeing as how they went to the cup finals in 16 at our expense. So I think it's our turn this time. So I, I think I'll be uh, making that point known uh, a little more often than I would have if this was the 2016 all over again. Right. I'll throw another log into the fire. You know that in 2016, if the Blues would have beat the Sharks, they would have beat the Penguins. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was uh, a terrible Terrible showing. Pittsburgh, man, they, they reinvented hockey in that series. Speed over oversize and something like that. I don't know. Stupid sharks ruining the sport. Yeah. <laughs> Letting Sidney Crosby won a goddamn cup again. What's her problem? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. Uh, are we – we're done? We're done. Yeah, I think so. So uh, one one last quick little thing. I uh, just got a text from. Uh, so back in 2016, I did go to. Uh, yeah, you did. San Jose. And I just got a text from my cousin uh, who uh, hosted me while I was out there. And he's actually going to be in town next week for games three and four. So wow. we're going to work on plans to uh, go to game four. So take him, cool. a, take him a center ice first and then uh, go to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Take the shuttle. Yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it, man. Uh, that's the way to go. Let's let's see if we can maybe all get together for the game you're not going to. Maybe like game three or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, when is well, three, three is win again? Uh, uh, three, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, right? 
Right. It'd, it'd be it's Wednesday night. So Ooh, I'm good. I'm free that night. I think. So that's uh, remember Central Time. Right. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Fuck so off, I, Ponder. I'm supposed to play <laughs> softball, but uh, I think I just came up with an injury. <laughs> you, you, you pulled a hammy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one more thing for me, too. I do want to say I uh, uh, met a guy earlier tonight, actually. I didn't tell you guys about this. I, it just That's for your me. show, Jeff. That's for your other show. Oh, that's right. That's for my my Cam Soda show. That's right. Uh, no, I met a guy at the, uh, actually, of all places, the, uh, the gas station at Sam's Kirkwood. And uh, he saw me in my blues hat and first just shouted, let's go blues to me. And I said, hey, yeah, let's go blues. And then as he pulled up closer, he said, you're that guy on Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> and I said, yes, that is me. And he said he loves the show. He usually podcasts, but he recognized me from the stupid video I put on Twitter earlier today where I was singing along with Gloria. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Zeke, Zeke and Kirkwood, uh, thanks for listening. I'm sure and, there's just um, the one, just the one Zeke. Yeah, I'm sure there's only one Zeke that listens to our show. <laughs> if your name is Zeke, please email us yeah. at radio at letsgoblues.com. Hey, you got it right. Holy shit. How about that? Oh, my God. It's time for everything. Man, it only took you like seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's falling in place, boys. Everything's I know. Right? It's all coming together. I love when a plan comes together. Where's my cigar, <laughs> my George Papard cigar? Uh <sighs> A team reference for those in the know that know that kind of thing. Uh, Chris S in the uh, from the Teal Town says that uh, there absolutely should be a bet. So yeah, I guess I guess let's get on that. They're they're gluttons here. for punishment with the betting. So I guess we'll have to do something else. Maybe we we just send them something. They're they're beer guys, right? Right. Maybe we should like uh, get like a shirt and a, a couple of beers or something, and like put that as a wager and ship it back and forth, I, or do that anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be kind of cool because they they. What's, uh, what's a player? I'm I'm drawing a blank here. There's got to be a, a fairly good player that's played for both teams, right? In the past, in the Sharks past. and Blues. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. Man. Man, I'm. Drawing I don't a blank think there's. That. I mean, I'm sure there's been somebody, but I can't think of any. Uh, Aaron well, Turcott. <laughs> Um, I was going to say Bill Guerin, right? He played for both teams. Bill Guerin, but, there you but go. He, All right, he played for everybody. So. How about that? That's that's the bet. We it's a Bill Guerin Blues jersey if we win, and a Bill Guerin Sharks jersey if they win. Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I was like a t-shirt and a beer. You're you're rolling out jerseys. How about a meet and greet with Bill Guerin goes to the winner? <laughs> uh, have fun arranging that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that will do it for this week's show. Unless Pondo's got any last-minute stories he wants to tell. Nope. Hey, you know, Bill did it tonight, too. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will do it for this week's show. Um, I guess our next show will be uh, not Wednesday next week. Maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. Is it Tuesday, Thursday? Probably, we'll probably Tuesday. Maybe, maybe post game Wednesday. Maybe what's that? Is, uh, maybe. So, I'm I'm leery know. of doing that in a playoff game, though. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, it's trying to schedule that for a playoff game that could go until four in the morning. <laughs> Not a good idea. No, and we probably if it went overtime, we probably cancel the thing. Um, 
We'll, we'll work it out. I would say bet. Good bet would be Tuesday, May 14th. Yeah, we'll see. I hate doing it on Tuesday or Thursday, though. Wednesdays are so much better for me. But got to do what you got to do. Uh, that will do it for this week's show. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone. Sharks suck. That's for you, Chris. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. I think they got your number. I think they got the alias. <laughs> Let's go, Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.